It is Monday evening here, August the 9th, August 9 warning. Great joke I just came up with right now on the second. Um, uh, another edition of the Chair Shop Podcast here. Busy week ahead. We've got so much wrestling to chat about in the past. We got new we got new horizons of wrestling coming up to discuss this week and various other bits of life golf media bits of bobs from around the place to chat about. But I won't be talking to myself here. Could you imagine that? Uh, first of all, joining me is Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry. And speaking of, we're also joined by Mr. Paul Griffin. The eponymous Paul. <laughs> I feel bad if I don't say good evening to Paul as well, but then it kind of undercuts your introduction. But I don't know. No, but I appreciate the politeness of it. Yeah, it's all right. You know, we want, you know, we, yeah. First of all, we've been 530 episodes, so I'll probably figure mm. something out eventually. Yeah. And, and, you know, the 15 years of friendship, you've never said hello to Paul. <laughs> um, I, I don't want him to feel neglected. Yeah. Like, Why is Barry getting hello? And I'm not. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the side effect of that is that Barry doesn't get a proper hello. He only gets a reply hello. That's all right. As as the uh, as the um, uh, master of uh, ceremonies here, I feel like all conversation is directed at me. <laughs> Maybe. Well, how about how about this idea? I think this is an idea that's gone. It's really untested waters as far as podcasts go. Right, Barry intros the show as usual. Mm. He says, I'm with Joe Towner. Joe says, hello, Barry. And then Joe says, I'm here with Paul Griffin. Oh. <laughs> and I say, hello, Joe. And then I say, and I'm here with Barry Murphy. And the loop is closed. Interesting. I mean, that's, I mean, the here's the only negative I see with that. That you might accidentally go, I'm here with Joe Towner a second time. Well, that is that is absolutely an issue. I think that feeds into my actual criticism, which is uh, I've been doing it the other way for a decade, so I think I'll just keep it this way. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. sure I could be arsed. You're one of them conservatories. Conservatories. That's a glass thing at the back of a house. <laughs> yeah, you're one of them <laughs> glass bodies that holds heat in in the summer. The problem uh, is conservative and Tory... When you have both of them in your head at the same time, you get that glass bit at the house. It also sounded like you were saying conservatorship, uh, which is also not what I have. No. Um, anyway. You, you ain't no Britney Spears. I'm no Mr. Spears. Um, but anyway, regardless of that, we got a busy uh, old um, uh, podcast to come up. I've had a, a quiet enough week. Um not been not to too much. I've been reading some more comics, as I've been mentioning on and off on the podcast um, uh, this week. I started uh, the 2001 New X-Men uh, series on the old Marvel app, which is one of the one of the more kind of highly acclaimed when I mentioned, oh, I started reading comics and people are like, oh yeah, read this from like Grant Morrison's the writer. Um, really good, really enjoying it, really sharply written, really great um, art. I didn't realize, um, I was just reading about it after reading some of the comics, I was like, oh, you know, what's why is there so much hype around this? I didn't realize that the concept of Xavier's fucking hideout being an actual school 
was more or less debuted by the movies. I didn't. I, I think I feel, I feel like I Mandela affected in my head that that was in the cartoons also. That his little secret base of mutants was also a school. Apparently, that was not always the case. Um, and the movies debuted it, and then Grant Morrison rolled it into his books. Yeah. See, I've watched in the last year. I watched season one of the X. I was going to call it the Xbox, the X Men mm. on Disney Plus. Yes. Box. Yes. Um, and yeah, now that you've mentioned it, I might have been watching the, the cartoon with the assumption that that's what it was. But now that you've mentioned it, I don't think they they specify in the cartoon. I think no. you might be right on that. Yeah, it's because I actually, funnily enough, just because I'm in a, I'm in a comic booky mood, I kind of I just watched a, a Spider Man episode on Disney Plus where he meets the X Men, mm. and and there's a scene in the Danger Room there, and I feel like just basically all you ever see in the, in the comics is they have the big Cerebro room, and then they have the Danger Room. And it's just those two build those two rooms in the entire building. It seems like, yeah, um, a uh, lot of the adventures don't take place in the no, no. anyway. So. They're they're off adventuring around, but yeah, the um, uh, yeah, Grant Morrison's uh, X Men run. I'm uh, uh, two decades late to this, but very good. People uh, want re- want a recommendation on that. Um, yeah, so and I'm still reading, you know. Deadpool and Spider-Man and all that jazz. I also got a new release comic book that just came out this week. I'm, I'm getting down with the kids and getting caught up and everything. Um, proper, uh, proper filthy casual. After seeing the film, I got. Uh, they just started a new run of Suicide Squad, um, the book, and so I was in my local record shop, which also sells comics. <laughs> You know, uh, I was there with my fedora and whatnot, and I was like, oh, I'll get that. Uh, yes, I got it. It's about uh, Suicide Squad. They have to stop the Joker because he's bad. Um, and it was good. Uh, yeah, I read the first issue of it. There's only, there's only been one issue. It literally just came out a couple. I think I got it the first day it was out by complete happenstance because I was just browsing. And I was like, oh, I know that. I've seen that film, and I've seen the bad one. I'll get this. Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm all, uh, I'm all comic'd up at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of just been the life go for me this week. I got the uh, uh, I did a little test um, technical setup in my kitchen just to get ready for my uh, my cooking stream this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna have a multi camera setup. What? Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a camera that I'm gonna be looking at. I'm going to have my webcam like propped up, looking down. On the kitchen, so that like, so that you can see me chopping and all of that. And I'm gonna have a, a mobile camera in my hand, which is my phone, uh, so that I can be a bit mobile and move things around. I'm telling you, I've, I'm, I'm putting the hours in. I'm making sure this works, you know. Uh, and you, are you gonna have a like a producer sitting to the side? No, Kevin I, Dunn doing your yeah, just with, like, with eighty each, edits a second with each cut of the chips. I'm gonna he's gonna bang, 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 zooming in and out as I'm hang, banging out the burger. Um, no, no, I'll have to be doing all that myself as I always do. All right. uh, but uh, yeah, it's actually it's gonna be. It seemed it, it, the the test run went fairly straightforward. That's next Saturday. We'll see how it actually goes on the day. Okay. Um, I, my dessert. I've done two des- test runs of dessert. I haven't been able to not make it explode when I'm, when I'm <laughs> in the microwave. Um, it's like the watermelons in the. So, the oh, don't even, don't even get me started on the motherfucking watermelons. We won't talk about that. At least not until Game Golf. Uh, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the streaming plan. I did put the old menu up, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. And that has been. 
much of my week reading comics, streaming, and I did just earlier today breaking news before we uh, before we came on air. I did get the text about my my second vax. Ah, segue. Uh, yeah, segue indeed. Because I'm double vaxxed now. Oh, Paul's all done already. He's incubating yeah. and he's nearly all done. Yeah. Um. Well, Joe's been done since before COVID started, it feels like. Uh, April. That, April. That's how far behind. Oh, well, not too bad, I guess. We're only four months behind. But April feels like last year now. So. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Yeah, I got the, the second dose last Tuesday. And... Uh, What's funny, I think I, I said last week, my brother was, was going away, because it was his birthday yesterday, that's why we didn't do the show yesterday, but he went away for a few days with some of his friends for his birthday, and I had the plan then, haha, I'm going to sneak in and play that PS5 uh, hours <laughs> every day. Little did I know that, that that second dose of the vaccine was going to do an absolute number on me. And Oh, really? Not like, okay, so the day I got it, I was more or less fine. Woke up Wednesday morning, not fluey really, but you know the feeling when you, you're you just, kind of when you have a temperature, you just feel a bit unwell. You're like, well, something's happening here. Mm. That dissipated over the course of maybe three, four hours. And then I just was real drowsy, like I was after, with the first, uh, the first jab, almost to the point of like delirium. So I wasn't able to play as much PlayStation as I actually wanted. <laughs> How unfair! I know. Uh, we'll talk about the, what I what I played in uh, in GameGuff, but my my plan to like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna platinum Astro's Playroom, and I'm gonna beat Ratchet and Clank over the course of two and a half days. Became more or less I'm gonna do that over the, over the course of one and a half days. Um, leading into the night before he got back, where I was like sitting up until half twelve, fucking beating this game. Um, but yeah, since then I'm fine. Uh, I got my little um, EU COVID QR code, whatever it is, to let me go in a restaurant or fly oh, yeah. abroad. So I have all that. So I feel like now, yeah, I only got it. I'm only a week removed almost from getting it, so I'm not quite finished. But uh, there's definitely a, a feeling of weight off the shoulders of like I'm I'm pretty much there, yeah, which is a nice feeling. I will say I did feel the second injection a bit more than the first one. Not that it was bad by any means, as it was um, going in, as it was getting it, yeah. yeah. Um, but we're, it's it's like you know feeling it two percent versus one percent. It was still very nothingy, but there was just a little bit more. Surprise mm. with the first one that I barely felt at this time. I was like, "Oh, I, I feel you going in there." Um, also, right, I went. I went with, my, with one of my friends who was getting it the same day. We went in together to get it, and he came out with a big cotton ball on his arm, taped to it, right? Which I didn't get. I didn't get the cotton ball treatment. Yeah, and then he took it off, and there was like no blood on it anyway. And then I looked at mine, and I had a little bit of dried blood on it. And I said, "Well, I didn't get the cotton thing, and I actually <laughs> bled a little bit." Couldn't believe it. I never um, saw a badge when I went for my first one. I was like, "Where's everyone get these badges? I want a yeah, badge." I have my badge here somewhere. Where is it? Uh, outrageous! Yeah, hang on. There you go. Oh, look at that! Hello. Ooh. Um, and then yeah, because I, I, they were giving them out when I got mine. They had like a, a bowl, someone going around with a bowl full of badges. Uh, these are these are the Irish badge, obviously. Um, mm. 
So it's, it just says, I got my COVID-19 vaccine, hashtag for us all, with a little HSE logo, which is the equivalent of the the English NHS, I suppose. Mm. Um, and then when I got back, I was I, when Connor and Natty went, or Connor's my brother, by the way, him and Natty went, and I, I asked them, like, did you get badges as well? They didn't. So I stole, I took like four badges when I went the second time, had their badges <laughs> to everyone who uh, had FOMO from not getting the badge the first time. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it was my brother's birthday yesterday. Very fun day. We had, like, he turned 30. So Whoa. there was lots of lots of crack. We had a, a good game of poker last night. Um, you think your boy be winning the poker? I was I was first eliminated. I, I, I was... I, I, I wouldn't have thought you were winning. Don't worry. I, wouldn't I, thought you were I didn't winning. last very long. I, um, I went out on a good hand, though. I had a... I think I had a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 run. And I was beaten by like five spades. Okay. So I, w- I went like all in on my hand because I thought it was a bloody good hand. But I was ju- it was just one of those cases where two people had really good hands. And I just had the slightly lesser of the two. So I was eliminated. But it was good fun anyway. Um, what else did we do? We had a piñata. We're hitting a, pin- <laughs> hitting a piñata. Um, lot, lot, lots of crack. It, it, it was very good. But the, the poker was the main thing because... We had all the family in, so we said, ah, we get a, game, get a game of poker going, and it was some good crack, even though I didn't do very well. Um, and that and the vaccine and playing the PlayStation, and also, we'll talk about more th- this more in Game Guff, but I got myself... Oh, oh, oh dear. I got myself a little Xbox Series X. Nice. S. Sorry, it is the... Yeah, did I say X? You said X. You don't want to false advertise now. No, I got the white, the white one that is basically just a big fan, more or less. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I, I said it was my plan to get one, and once I got paid for this month, I, I, uh, I got it, and um, yeah, I sold the PlayStation as I was been, as I was planning to do. Talked about that, my old PlayStation, not the Pro that I use, my launch console. Sold oh, that. Yeah. Sold that. Natty gave me some money for my birthday towards the uh, Xbox as well. So, in buying the Xbox, I actually spent of my own money, not counting the the PlayStation sale, which obviously that money went towards it. But essentially, I got the Xbox for thirty euro, all in all. So I was very happy with that. Uh, opened it up, set it up. It's all set up under the TV. Um, first month of Game Pass is one euro. And that's the ultimate yeah. game pass that includes the EA play games. Yeah. Uh, and then I get a second month for free. I got a, a code which came with the console for a month's free. Lovely. Lovely. So I paid the one month for the first uh, 30 days. Once that expires, I'll cancel it and use the code. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think and they it... stack. I think they I think they stack. You can just stick them on. Oh, it, I think. even better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I downloaded a few games and uh, looking forward to getting started on it but because it's really for my birthday i'm a little like oh well let me finish my other games first that i'm playing let me finish paper mario let me finish yeah i'll get the xbox um i do want to dip my toe in though because obviously i paid that one euro i don't want that one euro to go to waste (laughs) um but uh yeah i downloaded uh master chief collection which is like six halo games uh for the first gears of war because there's no point downloading the other ones until i beat the first one you never played the first one? I never played any of the Gears of Wars. 
Oh, I don't know how they hold up, but they're uh, two. Two is a. It's not quite Uncharted two, but two is tremendous. Like just set piece, mental, yeah. great game. Really fun series, I think. Yeah. Well, the good thing about the Halos and Gears of Wars is they're all like eight to nine hours. So yeah. I can. I'm. I'm pretty much going to alternate like Halo one, Gears one, two, two, three, three. And it's a little, it's a sneaky, it's a sneaky little bonus of that thing is that their backwards compatible stuff is really great. Not only is do they have a lot of backwards compatible stuff, but all the first party stuff is right there on the old Game Pass. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I got like Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Perfect Dark, uh, Control because I figure if I'm going to play it, might as well play it on the Xbox S. Yeah. Um. What else? Celeste, uh, oh, Sunset yeah. Overdrive. Yeah, I figured like. The 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 um, selection of games on Game Pass is already like monumental, and I'm, really, it's kind of a future purchase because all the stuff that was announced in E3, for example, will be on mostly on Game Pass. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Um, but yeah, I haven't really played it so far, so I don't have actu- any actual thoughts on the Xbox itself. Um, of what I've seen in, in just you getting the Game Pass games, the interface seems very similar to the Xbox One. I don't know if they've changed it much at all. I don't. I don't think they have. I think it is literally the same. Um, and that's fine for me. Um, one thing that I I liked a lot about the PS4 specifically is uh, the attachment you felt for your profile, mm. your little profile picture and the trophies. And I don't really have that with Xbox because I am starting fresh. I don't know my old login, etc. So. The Xbox is really... I haven't installed like Netflix or anything on it. They're all on the PS4 already. Hmm. So it's really just going to be like, you know, the Nintendo 64 was. It's just the, the thing that plays your games. Yeah. And I don't really have any expectation of it being more than that. Um, but so far, thumbs up. It's a beautiful little console. I, I absolutely love how it looks. Yeah. My PS4 Pro is white anyway. So it sits hmm. right on top of that. Exactly the same color. Color matched. Well, even from a you know interior design point of view, it's... Absolutely excellent. So I'm very, very happy with it. Um, And that's all I would say for this week. Joe, how was your week? week. This week was very similar to last week uh, in that we watched the Olympics every day. Yeah. um, And then went for a burger on Saturday. And we actually went to the very same place we went last Saturday. Um, It's basically Michelle was supposed to have a pedicure near this burger place last week it was cancelled because of a covid outbreak okay. so we went to the burger place anyway because we were like oh we want burgers <laughs> burgers are nice Fair. Um, so the it got rescheduled to this past saturday and we said well let's just go to the burger place again because it was nice so we went yeah. again and this time we had a lovely they do a brisket spring roll uh, for a Ooh. starter which is like your little chinese spring roll but with lovely brisket inside which is delicious mm-hmm. Uh, lovely bacon cheeseburger for me, a little pan of beer, and then they do a <laughs> soft serve ice cream for, for dessert as well. So I had that. Very good. Very stuffed, very stuffed, but yeah, very, very enjoyable as well. We have a uh, Five Guys opening up near here. Because uh, there's one in the city center in Dublin, mm-hmm. but that's like a 40 minute bus drive from here. Right. Oh, I didn't mention, by the way, I'm doing my. Uh, my driving theory test in one month's Ooh. time, baby. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I finally bit the bullet. Fuck, I'm 32. I should probably learn to drive at some stage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, that's. I, I'm still very much in the mindset of how far a bus trip or train trip away is it? Mm. But no, I'm doing my my theory test on the 27th of September. Um, I have the little. App. I already know all the answers. So I've I've had the app for like a year. I just never actually bothered. Yeah, to go same. 
But I, you know, I'm I'm definitely the kind of person. Sorry, I'm cutting across Joe's week, by the way. But um, I'm definitely the kind of person that if I don't have the date for the test, I'm just gonna flute along and not bother doing it. But uh, five guys, so it's like ten minutes up the road. So I'll be uh, having some nice burgers myself. Joe, you won't be the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was on the burger front, and yeah, Olympics, um, very enjoyable. Shame it's over because I just makes the day very easy because we know what we're going to watch on TV every every evening. It's yeah. like get up, check what what happened in the old medals, watch a bit of Olympics, watch the highlights. Uh, so yes, yeah, so luckily we've got the Paralympics coming, so we can watch some, uh, you know, all the wheelchair lads and all the inspirational uh, Paralympians. And thankfully, football is back this week as well, so we've got some. Uh, some structure back to the week. You know, I just look forward to the football fixtures. Absolutely. Can revolve uh, life around that. And that'll be uh, very exciting. So that's uh, that's the old week. Now, speaking of football. Footy. We, every year we do our little predictions for the year that Barry mm. runs for us, saves, and then we, mm. <laughs> the next January, we all look back and laugh. Ah! <laughs> CM Punk would die. Oh, Barry said yes. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I figure um, we might as well this year do a little Premier League predictions game. Barry, feel free to play along. I don't. I don't expect yeah, he's got a very strong feelings on who finishes seventh in the Premier League this season. But at least myself and Joe, uh, I put a little Barry call. And Barry, if you want to, for any of them, feel free to 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 give your little guess. Okay. But um. A little football predictions, and we can revisit them uh, in May and see how we got on. Okay, so I've already written mine in, Joe. So don't worry about if I'm gonna hear your idea and think actually that's better. That's better than my idea. <laughs> I've already written mine in. Um, so Joe, feel free to uh, think aloud and put whatever you want. Uh, the first category is the top four teams in the Premier League. Uh, in order, one, two, three, and four. Oh, that is that is tough. I think it's going to be. I mean, City will be in there. Mm-hmm. I think United will do enough to get in there. I think Liverpool will be will be in there. Probably better than, than last season. Okay. And then fourth, oh, possibly. I'm thinking Leicester might sneak in. They've had a very good transfer. Window, but then Chelsea are going to build on last season. Mm. I go with the. I think it's going to be the same top four as last last year: City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea. And in that order, yeah. No. Okay. I'm going to go Chelsea. United. Chelsea at at number one. Are you saying Chelsea number number one? Okay. United number two. Yeah. City three, Liverpool four. Oh, it's a very That's bold, very happen. bold prediction. I'll say, um, I have it the exact same with City and United flipped. So I have Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool. Okay. But we're both going for a Chelsea win. How about that? Yeah. Any thoughts, Barry? Um, I will go Liverpool one. Okay. Chelsea two, yeah. United three, City four. How about that? That's even bolder. But I like yeah. your, I like your, 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 your moxie going in there. 
That's right. I know what I'm doing. Okay, Joe. We're not going to do the whole table, by the way. So I'm not going to be asking who do you who has it left. Um, but the Europa, the, we'll go for the Europa place. We'll go from five to eight. Okay. Okay. So who are your who are your four that are finishing just outside the top four? Oh fucking hell! I go Leicester five. Okay. Um. Um. Leicester five. I go Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, Spurs six. Okay. Leeds seven. Okay. Brentford eight. Brentford eight. Yeah. Bold. I like. I'm having to type in Brentford. Obviously, the others. Uh, I had Leeds as well. I had Leeds sixth. Mm. I have. Le- I have Leicester fifth. Leeds six. Arsenal seven, and Spurs eight. So we both have Leicester, Spurs, and Leeds. Joe goes Brentford at eight. I, I think Arsenal, without the the burden of Europe, might uh, might do a little bit better in the league this year. Barry, do you want to have a crack? Uh, I will say in this order. Yeah. Uh, I will say Arsenal. Yeah. I will say Spurs. Very good. I will say Leicester. Yeah. And I, I have faith in, in, in Mr. Khan. I'm going to say Fulham. Right, Fulham not being in the Premier League, that's going to be a tough one. I'm I sticking will... with it. I believe in him. So, um, so they, are they really not in the Premier League? No, nah, they got relegated. Like when? Uh, last oh, season. Oh, la- okay, well, that's not too bad. So I was going to ask, oh, God, was that 10 years ago or some shit? No, they, they, they went down. No, I, I believe in him. I believe in him. I believe in him. They'll have a good, they'll have a good year. And speaking of relegation, mm. Joe, what are the three teams that are going down? Um... Hang on, I'm gonna to have to try and remember who came up. Let me look at the league table. <laughs> um, I will say Watford. This can be in any order, to be honest. These three. Okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah, Watford, Norwich. Yeah. Go back down. And then I think. Oh, I'm gonna say Southampton. Oh, very bold. I've gone for Norwich and Southampton as well. Okay. And I've gone for your eighth placed Brentford to go oh. down. There's a lot of hype behind Brentford, but I think I don't think they'll have enough. Especially if Tony gets injured. Uh Barry, who's going down? Uh what I'm gonna do here, right? I'm gonna actually it's a little thing called playing the field, hedging your bets, yeah. right? So so it, it, you know, I, I've got I'm gonna do a spread. Yeah. And so the chances of me being right. You know, I'll either be right in one category or, and wrong gotcha. in another, but that's fine. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm also for this one also going to go uh, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, <laughs> and Liverpool for this one. Okay, well, you have only three slots. So I'm only going to give you United, Chelsea, and City. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. Although if Liverpool, Liverpool if, stay up, Liverpool will stay up. I think if, if Liverpool get relegated, I will give it to you. Okay, you can have all the points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we then have top scorer. Who's going to be the top scorer in the Premier League this season? Oh. It's going to be someone kind of random, I think. But I don't think it'll be Lukaku or Kane. Uh, um, I'll go for Mo Salah. That's not that random, but I think he'll be back, back in the yeah. league. I have gone for Lukaku. Basing on the fact that I think Chelsea are going to win the league. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my logic there. Barry, who's going to score the most goals? I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of buzz around uh, Steve, Steve and Stevenage. I mean, I think he's really he's really come along well in the last couple of years. Uh, 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 William David Williams. I mean, he's he's been on on, on top form since um, really? since uh, since transferring up from Clapton. He's he's every fucking way, Billy Williams. (laughs) Well, what do you think of first name, first name, last name? Uh, How do you think Eddie Ray his chances? And also, you know, from from Spain, there's um, you know Santana Um, (laughs) and Ortiz. uh, But Ortiz uh, doesn't get play much these days. For no Ortiz, Ortiz is still playing for for Dundalk, which is fine. It's a good team. You know, good win at the weekend. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy. Um, that's my. He might get. You never know. He might get picked up as a as a, f- a free agent. Mm. All right, player of the year. And they're going to put a little asterisk here. Okay, you're not allowed to pick Kevin De Bruyne. Oh God, because <laughs> he just gets it every year, even if he doesn't have a good season. So you're going to have to pick a specific non Kevin De Bruyne player. Uh, um. If, if I'm right about Chelsea winning the league, I will yeah. go for. Uh, oh, no, would it be a Chelsea player? Hmm. This is a tricky one. It is. Okay, I'll go <clears throat> Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho. I've gone Ingolo Kante on that one. Okay, Barry. Barry, 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 lad, Barry. Yeah. Who who you have as top scorer, funnily enough. Who is your <laughs> player of the year? Uh, player of the year, um, it's probably, I mean, this is easy. It's the one who contributes the most every single year. Um, yeah. it's, it's the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to suggest Pele, but I think the fans is a good pick. Uh, Pele's had enough. He's he's yeah. had a good enough, you know, run. He's, let some new guys get over. The, but the Player of the Year award is sponsored by Viagra, so he's got a good <laughs> shout. So he will be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'll be st- he'll be standing very far away, but a part of him will be there via be the power. Oh God! <laughs> he'll be up for it. <laughs> All right. Um... My God. Um, yeah, he may not play well, but he'll certainly score. Okay. Overachievers, Joe. Who's going to be the season's overachievers? How are you defining that? Whatever definition you want. <laughs> okay. Um, can be a team, can be uh, a player, a manager. I, I go for. I'll stick with Brentford. No, Brentford. wait, should I mix it up? Wait, 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 wait. No, fuck it, I'll go for Brentford. Brentford, I've gone Leeds, so... Leeds! Leeds making Europe, I think, after one season after being promoted. Barry, who's going to overachieve? I mean, based on my previous guess, I have to say Fulham. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, by definition, yes. Yeah. And... Who's going to underachieve? Barry, we go to you first. Based on your relegation prediction, who's uh, going based to Based on my relegation uh, pick, I'll probably have to say City, you know. <laughs> and only coming fourth as well. Um, Joe, who's going to underachieve this season? 
Everton. I've also gone for Everton. That's a good pick. They're shy. They are very shy. Okay. Who's going to win the FA Cup? Ooh. Um, FA Cup? I'll say... Chelsea. I've also gone for Chelsea. Oh, double, double, double. Barry. I, I also was going to say Chelsea, so we'll, we'll, we'll go three for three on that one. Three for Chelsea. Who's going to win the Carabao Cup? What the, the fuck is the that? The League Cup. Oh. Uh, the Mickey Mouse Trophy, as it's affectionately right now. Um, okay. Man United. Man United. Okay. Barry? Um, Fulham. Uh, no, 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 no. And they're overachieving. No, they can't win everything. Come on now. Um, I will say... Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to hedge my bets here again. I'm going to say uh, one of the finalists. I'm going to have to press you for which one it's going to be. Probably the one playing at home. Okay. And finally, who's going to win the Champions League? The champions, the best and um, Manchester City. Le Grandes Equipes. I've, I've also gone for Manchester City. Barry, who's, who, who's winning the the Champions League? Um. Uh, just because I think it's really, this is the year for it, I, I, I I'm gonna go with CM Punk for this one. <laughs> uh, my God, and we're we're not doing like uh, a will set Blatter die prediction because that's just in poor taste. Like, right, that's our predictions. That's saved. That's locked in. We'll come back to that at the end of the season. Okay. So let's move on with our. Okay. Let's move on with our uh, our goofs, our various goofs. Uh, who watched some telly this week? I did not watch much telly really at all. What did we watch? Oh, we watched Ted Lasso. Um, ah, so we finished season one of uh, Mr. Lasso, and we were going to take a break. Season two is currently airing one episode a week on Apple TV, so we were going to wait until it finished and then. I watch them all. And we thought, sod it. Let's go straight into season two because it's such a good show and it cheered us up and it's very funny and very sentimental. Um, yeah, so we watched the whole lot. We're into season two and that is... Season two is very good as well, very funny. I will say they kind of resolved or had a lot of character development, let's say, in series one. So they resolved a lot of kind of dynamics between different characters. And so season two is a bit of a strange one because they're having to set up a whole load of new stuff. But... Um, Still very funny, still very very good to watch. So, yeah, if you're not on the lasso train, I would definitely give it a watch. It's uh, very funny, very kind of positive. Uh, from Bill Lawrence, who did Scrubs and Spin City, so yeah. it's got that same kind of you know vibe to it. Um, but yeah, really good and and kind of kind of Amer- you know American abroad fish out of water comedy, but done kind of very well and, and very funny and. Quite well, I'll say accurately portrays football, but a lot more than you probably expect from like an American TV show. Like it is actually, you know, okay. quite faithful to the 
showing what football is really like, you know, in, in England and uh, yeah, how the players are. So yeah, big, big thumbs up for Ted Lasso. Definitely get at least three or four laugh out louds per episode, which is a hell of a rate uh, for comedy these days. So. Big thumbs up mm. for that one. What we've mainly been watching. I've been really interested in hearing uh, a British person or an English person's opinion on it. Because everyone that I've yeah. heard, Ted Lasso loves it, all American. And it's like, well, that's a very English yeah. thing. And it, it's it, and funnily enough, I've mostly heard very positive things. The one or two negative things I've heard have been from British people who watched it. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I, I'm interested. It's got the Joe seal of approval. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it. I know the missus has Apple Plus. I might start that at some stage. There you go. I don't have Apple Plus, but I do love, it. I do love Scrubs uh, enough to tolerate that podcast. They do. <laughs> um, Eagle. Um, so maybe I'll check it out at some stage. But speaking of checking out, I started watching on the recommendation of Joe Towner. So he's got previous for this little show called Succession. Okay. What well, off HBO? Um, starring uh, Kieran Culkin. I'm trying to remember actors' names who are in it now. Yeah. Kieran Culkin's in it. Brian, uh, Brian Cox. Coxie. Coxie. Um, so we haven't watched a lot of it. We've only watched the first two episodes of season one. Uh, I think it's great. I'm really, really enjoying it. So how, so how many episodes did you say? Two. Just two. Okay. We have the season one Blu-ray and it's the kind of thing that we're watching one every few nights. Um, depending on the night, obviously we didn't watch, not watching any tonight. Didn't watch any last night for obvious reasons, but, um, first episode, in particular, really, really great. Uh, it is very funny in a in a kind of sarcastic, dark way, but it's also very compelling as far as the actual storyline goes. Mm-hmm. I I particularly uh, particularly like I don't know the actor's name, but who plays Kendall? Yeah, who's like the um, the smarmy CEO character, like a young mm-hmm. CEO. Uh, I think perfectly cast and perfectly performed. I think he's just great in it. Even though his character is very unlikable, it's the perfect portrayal of that kind of character. I think he, I think he really, really nails it. Um, and I like the uh, the kind of interplay between all the different family members and how they they kind of don't get on but get on, and it's all very clever, very well written. Um, really great twists and turns. Only two episodes in, great twists and turns. Uh, and it's nice, like, as, apart from people, obviously, that like yourself, Joe, who I've heard, like, talk really well, uh, really positively about it, I really didn't know much about what the show actually was about. And so it was really nice to go in uh, completely, more or less completely unspoiled, which doesn't happen very often these days, whether it be a movie, because you've seen so much of the trailers, or so much in the trailers, uh, or a TV show, because word, word of mouth spreads so much, and you know, something happens, something big happens in a TV show and it's all over the internet and you can't avoid it. Uh, with Succession, I am I feel like I'm pretty much unspoiled and so I'm being surprised by the surprises and I'm being taken on the ride. 
So definitely uh, only two episodes in, but I would I would definitely give a big thumbs up. And uh, you're you're absolutely on the ball with recommending that one. I would I would second your recommendation, even though I haven't yeah reached the the the, the zenith of it quite yet. Yeah, I, w- I would say the first the first probably two three episodes of season one I kind of struggled with a bit. It wasn't I wasn't quite gripped by it and then once it got into the later episodes it was like okay yeah here we go hmm. now it's cooking so if you like the first two the better is coming you're gonna love the rest of it <laughs> it's gonna get good yeah well no i i'm i'm really i just i just really like the performances and i think everyone is great um like i said kieran colkin i think is really good and mm. he reminds me a lot of uh the jerry horn character in twin peaks right uh the the brother of um, God, what's the other guy called Horn? Ben Horn, who owns the hotel. His brother is this kind of slackery wheeler dealer. Mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin's character feels quite similar to that. And Brian Cox is great in it, of course. Um, so yeah, thumbs up across the board. There's one guy in it, though. Uh, the character's name is Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just looks so much like Brendan Fraser that I can't like get out of my head that it's not him. Really? Um... I don't even know if he really looks like him, but his face, he has the same kind of facial expressions. He's got the big wide eyes, big smile. Mm. He, could, he could be his brother. He could be like Brendan Fraser's brother. Yeah. I'll say that much. Um, and every time I see him, I think, oh, Brendan Fraser. Um, but if you're following the tabloids, you know that Brendan Fraser isn't a sexy young hunk anymore. He's a like, 50-year-old man and looks like what a 50-year-old man should look like. The tabloids are like, look how fat Brendan Fraser is. It's like, well, what do you want him to look like? He's 50. Yeah. So I give a thumbs up to Succession, and I give a thumbs up to Brendan Fraser. You're doing all right. Well Don't done, Brendan. Well done, Brendan. Cheers, yeah. lad. You're real good in that Scrubs episode. Oh, the best. Or t- I think it was in two episodes. He was very good. Yeah. He was in two, yeah. Um, and also I've started watching from the beginning, The Adventures of Tintin, uh, which oh. I own on Blu-ray for some reason. Tintin. Uh, Barry, if you were a real Tintin fan, you'd know in French he is called Tantan. That's what I say. No, you give the Tantan. Um, is... No, that, that's the thing. Sorry, Luke Skywalker hid it in Empire. <laughs> and I thought he smelled bad on the outside. So Tintin or Tantan is a, a very funny show. I watched the first three eps. Um, I just fuck. I love Tintin. I love Tintin. It's part, uh, it's part Agatha Christie mystery. It's part Scooby Doo. It's part like noir detective story. It's part Ninja Turtles '89 animation, uh, all mixed into a bowl, a, a very satisfying French Canadian bowl. Because um, it is it, the the cartoon is a co-production between like French. And Canadian production companies. Uh, Tintin himself is voiced by a Canadian, so it's all sorry and uh, a boot. Um, Ryan even, Reynolds, <laughs> even though even though the character is Belgian, he talks like a Canadian man. Um, but it's great. Like uh, the example I always give, which is in the very first episode, is when like Tintin gets lured into this warehouse under the auspices of it being a police station. He walks by a guy with a scar on his cheek and an AK-47 and goes, hmm, I think something weird is going on, Snowy. And then he gets like locked in a 
in a cell and he goes, this isn't the police station. It's like, you're supposed to be the best journalist in the world. Getting fooled left and right. Um, but I used to read the books when I was a kid. So I, I obviously, in addition to how good it is, I have a huge nostalgia for it. And I, I really, really enjoy it. So I watched the first three episodes. The episodes are 45 minutes long. Really? So, yeah. Uh, with the exception of one, Jeez. Um, they're all told in two parts. There's like a part one, part two. But on the Blu-rays, it just puts them together in one. So they never feel like rushed. The stories feel very fleshed out. Um as opposed to something like, you know, we're talking about X-Men earlier, which is good. But given that the episodes are only 20 minutes, they try to tell like quite a big story in 20 minutes. So it feels yeah. a bit rushed. You don't get that with Tintin. You get a good 45 minute chunk where the story gets built up. Little clues gets get dropped. Um, and it actually reminds me as well of these series of books I used to read. I don't know if you guys ever knew these, but they were called Usborne Mystery Books. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was it was like a, a, it'd be a book like not 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 like a novel it would be with pictures and so on but there would be like little puzzles to solve during it and you'll see like a little icon on the on the door oh write that down remember what that means for later on and Tintin is very that as well so that gives me a double nostalgia um so big thumbs up on succession and a big thumbs up on Tintin uh recommend if you've not seen it it's about a little boy <laughs> and a dog they run around solve mysteries little crony and a white yeah. dog I love the I love the uh, film they put out, uh, the Steven Spielberg film as well. So I might watch that after I finish the series, which was gr- a grossly underrated film, underappreciated. Yeah, uh, Secret of the Unicorn kind of came and went, came and went, and even people who saw it didn't really love it. And I I thought it was great. So oh well. Speaking of movies, movies. yes, we can we can chit chat about our our movie golf. Yeah. Uh, right now, I I just watched two movies. Um, I wanted to go see Zola, the new A twenty four movie, based yeah. on a Twitter thread. Um, <laughs> not showing anywhere in this fucking city. Not showing anywhere in this fucking county. So, me and the girlfriend were trying to figure out like, like it's showing in a couple of places in Galway. So we're like, well, we can just hop in the car, and make a day trip out of it, go up. But we we just didn't get around to it. So I'm kind of raging about that. So I didn't get to see that. I don't know why. Maybe because I was just in a comic booky mood. I I decided to, for some reason, revisit the Amazing Spider Man with Andrew Garfield and mm. um herself Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, Rude Van Nistelrooy. Rude Van Nistelrooy was there, Fulham. Um, you know. Uh, and yeah, I I. I remember like not hating it, not loving it when it first came out. I I, I think it's aged pretty badly. It's it's yeah. it's pretty bad. It's 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 a, a it's like two decent performances, and I wouldn't go much higher than that. Um, uh, holding together, what's a a pretty naff film altogether. It's like the first half of it is kind of it's a little bit tonally all over the place. It's kind of like it's very 2012. It's not like Zack Snyder dark dark, but like it's a little more dark than you probably want a Spider-Man movie to be, but not fully dark. And then it's still kind of being a little bit quippy, but it's not especially funny either. It doesn't get that tonal match quite right the way that the Sam Raimi films do, or just by any metric. I mean, I don't want to just compare it to the the Raimi films. It's just, it's a very wishy-washy tonal match. And then the second half of the film, the first half is a little wishy-washy all over the place. It's okay. And the second half of the film is terrible. Because then when they actually get to the big CGI lizard monster, oh my god, does that film fall off a cliff. First of all, it looks 
horrible. Big the the, the era of big green weird stupid looking thing. And I hate this in the <laughs> Avengers movie as well, where they try and put the actor's face on it, and oh, they they, they do a decent job with like uh, what's his name Ruffalo. Uh, it's I think it still looks a bit goofy, but like it's okay. Like like big stupid PS3 looking lizard monster with with, with Reese Eifen's face like badly. He looks like um, he looks like uh, Voldemort in that first Harry Potter movie where he's just emerging out of the back of the guy's head. It looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. And then it's kind of like. The character is interesting enough on paper, interesting in the comics, interesting in the animated show. He's like this uh, tortured scientist who's missing an arm and he's experimenting with with animal DNA to regrow it. And he's under uh, political pressure from his boss because he's not he's not seen in the film, but Norman Osborn's his boss and he's dying. And his research is actually to save Norman Osborn, which was a little seed planted for, for a future film that never came out, I guess. Uh, and it's like, mm, OK, that's, you know, it's all right. No, no, interesting enough. And then as soon as he turns into the litter, he's just like, I should turn everyone into lizard monsters that would be cool and i'm going to climb the the empire state building like king kong and shoot lizard mist into the sky is like oh jesus christ it's it's bad it's it's also like really fucking miserable you've got the um insanely rushed uncle ben death in the first uh it's actually not i'm not saying the first five minutes it's actually like pretty late into the film it's like they have one crossword peter storms out of the house uncle ben follows him peter goes into a shop sees sees the robber who will eventually kill uncle ben uh do uh like uh, spider-man has like one crossword with the shop assistant decides to let a mugger rob the shop and then instantly as they go out the door <laughs> it, like spider-man crosses the road and uncle ben gets shot like 10 foot from where he's standing it's like the worst <laughs> like it's the worst laid out physically scene of uh, imaginable and then the end of the film dennis leary dies and he has to break up with gwen stacy and it's just kind of ugh. It's 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 bad. Uh, I remember I I remember thinking it was like dull but okay. But on a rewatch, it's it's just bad, uh, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, the only other film I watched this week was a uh, a, a a little number on the old Disney Plus, um, a uh, a movie that has uh, the studio gave up on this a long time ago, written all over it. Uh, <laughs> farted out into like 12 cinemas at the height of the pandemic uh, I watched The Empty Man which uh, sounds obviously like a shit sort of let's capitalize on Slenderman hype thing uh, which makes extra sense when you find out it was made in like 2017 and it languished for years because it was uh, getting very low audience test scores apparently is what I what I read It's I thought it was pretty good it, it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, Kind of, it's got a supernatural. Uh, the, the intro kind of sets it up, kind of like a supernatural kind of boogeyman uh, style feature, and then it jumps forward, and it's actually kind of a crime thriller horror thing that I don't want to say too much about in case anyone watches it. It's a little bit B movie. It's not. It's not a prestige, you know, fancy pants, finely crafted, you know, a twenty four horror your hereditaries of the world and whatnot. But I think it's actually pretty damn good for what it is. It's some real nice kind of, uh, it has cult film written all over it. I feel Um, it's kind of small budget Fox thing that they decided to make and then decided they hated and then no one went to see it. And I first heard about it because it is, it got, it's got a little bit of that kind of home release streaming 
uh, word of mouth after it came out relative to what it got when it came out. So I said, I'll give it a look. A friend of mine recommended it to me. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. I, I don't want to say too much about it. I think it's... um. Um, I think it's it's best enjoyed as cold as humanly possible if you can at all, um, because I think it is a, a twisty film and it's a slow burn as well. Um, which in the first half an hour I was kind of like, mm, am I gonna am, am I is this gonna deliver? And I was I was gripped fairly soon thereafter. So that's the Empty Man on on Disney Plus, which is a, a thumbs up, a thumbs up for me for any any horror fans, any any kind of crimey kind of thriller fans would enjoy that but uh, that's all i've seen this month or this week i should say uh two for me as well first up is the italian job okay the original um yeah yeah not the mark Wahlberg one which i've actually already seen yeah <laughs> um no the original one with uh with uh mark cocaine oh, yeah only spouse to blow bloody, bloody hell. doors off bloody hell um which is a very strange film. Um, I mean, look, the, the the elephant in the room is that it's it's obviously one of the most iconic and, um, you know, every action film of the last 25 years has kind of liberally, not stole from it, but like yeah. has been directly inspired by the Italian job. Mm. Right. Um, that being said, it, it's such a strange film for like the first hour of it before it becomes chase scene, the movie, which again, every everything else has kind of been inspired by. Um, the first hour is like the setup to the heist, which it, it is very slow. Yeah. And it does have iconic lines like what Michael Caine saying, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off, um, which is all great. Love all that. But it also has like they're all it, it's a very english film so all the actors are like english though it's set in italy um and they're like practicing driving their cars and they're flipping cars and jumping cars off ramps and stuff right and but there would be like there'd be like a crazy stunt where they they go off a ramp in a car and crash into a thing and then one of the one of the the thugs the 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 jailhouse louts who's helping michael kane with this um, with this heist, we look out the window and go, oh, terribly sorry, old chap. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that is not the voice I expected these people to have. Um, so it's just, it's just a, a, a bit weird and a bit, a bit all over the place. Like, but that being said, the last 35 minutes are so, are so good, especially for the fact that the movie is like, takes place in the late sixties or was made in the late sixties. And, there's always a bit in your head that you have to you have to kind of pay attention to, which is that you're looking at it and saying, okay, everything I've seen that's come after this is is maybe done better or is more exciting or whatever. It really, it isn't because it's actually really well done here. But you just have to acknowledge the fact that, look, this is where they got this it. style of thing was mm. really maybe, maybe, I don't know, not necessarily originally done, but where it was properly done for the first time. Yeah. That led to what we have now, um, but the fact of the matter is that it is done really well, and um, there's stuff that's done so well that you, you really think, "Geez, was this movie not made in the '80s?" And you're like double checking, but uh, really, really good. A bit, a bit, um, a bit slow in the build up to it. Some of the scenes are, are a little bit out of place, but overall, I thought it was really good. Michael Caine is, is perfect in it, obviously. Um, <laughs> but he was in it as well. Hey, 
Benny Hill. Benny Hill, Noel Coward is in it. Noel Coward, yeah. Yeah, it's got He's, a good it's got a good little cast. So Michelle and I watched Insanity Job a few months ago and I was trying to explain to her who Noel Coward <laughs> is. It's very difficult. It is. So he was he wrote plays, but also he's a very famous homosexual man. Yeah. Italian. Not sure what the American equivalent is <laughs> Noel Coward, really. No Coward is weird because he's he's someone that you hear more about than you ever actually see or see anything that he did. Yeah. You just hear other people mention him. Like he's mentioned all the time if you're reading about like Monty Python or that kind of thing, you always mm. see his name brought up. Um yeah, he plays the kind of mo- the mob boss in it who kind of is is bankrolling the heist. Uh he's very good in it. Um yeah, over overall, it's 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 great, but it's just like I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a bit more grimy, a bit more in the dirt. Oh, yeah, but no, it's it's very, very it's chirpy, cheapy, chappy, nineteen yeah, sixties London. It is cheapy, chappy. Yeah, it, it pioneered <laughs> it pioneered mini uh, driving stunts, but also cheeky, chappy culture. Yeah, yeah, Mini um, Cooper with a Union Jack on the roof. That's that's. Well, there's no Mini Cooper with a Union Jack on the roof in this film. In my memory, there is. <laughs> uh, that's, no, a, that's another Mandela effect. thinking oh, of Austin God. Powers, sir. Groovy, baby! Oh, <laughs> well, that is in the Italian job uh, continuity, because obviously Michael Caine was in Austin mm. Powers 3 as Austin Powers Faja. Mm. Um, so maybe that's the same character as in the Italian job. Um, although he's not called Nigel Powers, in it. he's called like Charlie... Cooper or something. I don't remember his name. No, that's the car you're thinking of. The car, oh. the car pulls up and goes, hello, I'm Charlie Cooper. You can call me Minnie. <laughs> but he does say, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off, which is the, the best <laughs> yeah, part. You're, you've covered the doors being blown off. You've covered it. You've covered <laughs> that he says that. But I, lo- I, love, I love when there's a film where you know a line in it, and you're just waiting for the line to happen, and then when he says the line, you go, hey, you said it. Yeah, it's like when Harrison Ford says, "This is Air Force One." <laughs> no, but it's 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 so satisfying because obviously it's it's part of like a montage where they're yeah they're they're blown up the uh, the van which has the gold in it that they're gonna steal, mm. right? So they and then Michael Caine and the the bomb expert or whatever are looking down and just have this this van completely explode, and of course he gives them then the famous line. Yeah, we're supposed to blow the bloody doors off. This That's is this this is a complete uh, sidebar. That just, you said uh, uh, montage there. Since since the cinemas have returned, I don't know if you've all seen this. I'm sick of this. All all no matter what uh, um, franchise of cinema you go to, they all have their own little video packages that are like we're thrilled to have you back, laughing, yes. crying, being scared. And what I'm what I'm always struck by is that like it's obviously a licensing thing. Like they're obviously they work with fucking Sony or something, right? To put that together. It's not collaborative across all, all the, because they, they, the films in the montage are like shit. Like, I, like if you're going to make a montage about being excited to be back in the cinema, I want, I want Jeremy Gorsh said, show me that money. And then, and then uh, fucking, um, uh, uh, oh, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off Master Wayne. Uh, and then, and then Doc, Doc Brown comes in and he goes, we're, we're going to, we're going back to the, 
I gotta hide me poiming it. It's like they don't have any of that. They have like six different clips of Chris Pratt from one of those Jurassic movies that I haven't even seen. And they're like, oh, is this gonna be a clip from Guardians? Oh no, he's it's like all grayscale and horrible. He's running away from a CGI piece of shit. Looks like garbage. Oh, what's this from? The Phantom Thread? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, it's not even... It's like, like, give me Michael Myers bursting out of somewhere or something. It's just like, who... Like, what... It's like, it's like... It's like, it's like they, they, they have his shitty negotiating skills. It's like modern-day Netflix. Like, here's the cast-offs that, like, we didn't give a shit about. Oh, okay. terrible. What, what happened to the montage-making skills? Everyone's too... Everyone's too tight-fisted with their IP these days, I think. I love your your juxtaposition of being angry you couldn't see Zola, but also fuck Phantom Thread. Well, you know, it's just but it's I want to see Mike Myers jumping out of a building. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it, like it doesn't elicit. I know what you mean. It doesn't get you hyped. Up. And again, there's like three separate shots of Gary Oldman sitting there in his his fat boy Winston Churchill. Like, oh no, uh, it's the worst oh, film ever. It doesn't fire me up. Him sitting there with his guy. Fight him on the beaches. <laughs> I, I, I said we'd fight them on the beaches. I was only joking. I can't believe they're actually going to do that. And it's like, why? Come on. <laughs> Our beaches are mostly pebbles. Their feet will be fucking destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> what a strategy. Yeah. Where's my Austin Powers, you know, moment? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that, sorry, not to interrupt the movie off with that. Um, Joe or Paul, have you seen more movies or what? I did. I watched Palm Springs as well. Uh, that's the Andy Samberg. It is. Yeah, I heard that was good. And I thought it was mostly good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Palm Springs, which I forgot until fifteen minutes into the movie, is is because I remember hearing about it when it came out. Is that Andy Samberg like Groundhog Day film? Yes. Yeah. 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 That was it. Um, I think I think it's 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 very likable. The two leads I think have got good chemistry. Um but I felt like all the major plot points didn't really land. Mm. Uh especially kind of the 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 turn at the end of act 2 where like the, the it's it's Andy Samberg and he meets the girl and you know she gets caught in the time loop as well. Right. And they they get close, right? But obviously, in this kind of film, there has to be a a moment where they they argue and they kind of they're stuck in the loop together, but they're not they don't want to be together. Right. I felt that that was very weak the way that that was handled, and then the way that the whole story gets resolved, I thought was very very unimaginative and very lazy almost. Okay. Um, but I thought it was quite funny. I thought it was quite likable. Uh, Sandberg was good, if not really super funny. Like I've seen him be funnier in other things. He's he's almost a bit restrained in it, but I thought he was good. Um, J.K. Simmons shows up in it for oh. some reason as another as another uh, pictures of Spider Man again. Yeah, <laughs> Sandberg pictures of Spider Man. Um, and he's good in it, but um, I I, I thought it was going to be like I'd heard very very positive things about it, so I was expecting more. It's 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 a fairly inoffensive, you know, distraction of a film. It's it's li- quite likable. The characters are likable. The performances are likable. It's just that when the film has a high concept like Groundhog Day, that when when you actually think about 
the way that they do the twists in it, not, they're not even really twists. It's just they, they, the way they explain away things, why these two characters diverge, right. or or how it gets. You go, oh, that's a bit fucking bog standard, isn't it? If, if you had spent 10 minutes thinking, you kind of come up with a more clever way to do that. So that, that they were really my only my only issues with it. Otherwise, it was fine. Uh, and I was going to watch another movie, and then I didn't get time. So that's all I've watched. All righty, Joe, what have you watched? Uh, well, I watched a charming little mo- movie called uh, Duff. Duff. Not about beer. Mm. Um, I was going to ask. It's uh, a kind of teen coming-of-age movie starring uh, Mae Whitman, um, better known as Anne from Arrested Development. Mm. Uh, yes, her. Um, she she plays the lead. She plays the titular Duff, um, which is an, an acronym in the movie for designated ugly fat friend. Um, Ooh. So the conceit is that she's kind of part of a, a friend group in the high school with some very kind of popular, attractive teen girls. Right. And the idea is that she's like the ugly friend, not that she's particularly ugly, but she is just not as popular as them. But she's kind of Hollywood in ugly. Their, yeah, she's in their group to be the one that kind of boys are more likely to approach and to to make the other girls kind of look more popular than they are. Right. And she kind of learns about this definition and is sort of assigned as a duff by this kind of slightly obnoxious uh, guy at the high school who's also her next door neighbor. So after this embarrassment, after realizing that she's in fact a a duff in, in his terminology, she enlists his help to undergo a... Uh, makeover to become uh, one of the kind of sexy popular kids so the the, because it sounds a bit try the plot but actually she's really good in it she's just very likable um very funny um i think she could be a you know fantastic kind of leading woman in a lot of comedies like this apart from the fact that she's ironically given the subject of the movie she's not one of those incredibly popular pretty you know, Hollywood type looking girls who's going to be the lead in a movie, which is a shame because she's she's absolutely fantastic uh, and he's very pretty as well. To be yeah, I was going to say uh, I'm looking up who she is now and I'm like, well, definitely, yeah. definitely is Hollywood ugly as Barry said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was the, that's such a. I feel like we're trying to get away from it now, but that's such a teen movie in the 2000s, 2000, early 2010s thing is put a pretty actress in glasses and I'm, Britney Murphy in Clueless had to have yeah. you had to, oh look at this ugly freak Britney Murphy what a hideous uh, troll we better, we, better, we better do a quick montage and suddenly make her beautiful you know like that that shit yeah so the the movie's good the plot is is fairly predictable um, however I think the, the characters are really good their interactions are really good it has Alison Janney as her mother who's, who's really good and Ken hmm. John as a, a school teacher um, so lots of really good performances and it's just really funny they were, I, I laughed out loud I would say eight or nine times which hmm. for any comedy movie is pretty good going yeah. uh, it's really funny lines in it and lots of kind of clever little little jokes in there so yeah I would absolutely recommend that it's on Netflix uh, it's called Duff it is you know just a, a fun fun little movie hmm yeah. that sounds good although Duff good also stuff. sounds like a serious biopic they'd make about Duff Man yeah or Damien Duff <laughs> oh <laughs> Damien Duff absolutely coming soon to Amazon Prime Duff now you won't be aware of this Joe but Damien Duff does the uh, punditry oh, on yeah. the RTE football right, coverage. Football coverage yeah. yeah, he looks like he's wearing his mam's suit. 
Um, he's got the weirdest fashion sense in the world. Like his the 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 jacket like chest doesn't fit properly. The texture is like your grand's carpet. It's he's the weirdest man in the world for doing. He looks so weird when he's doing it. Um, yeah. So I would not. I would rather watch the the actual Duff than the Damien Duff biopic. He's also the most boring man yeah. who's ever existed. <laughs> yeah, he's quite dull. He is quite dull. He's not got the Micah Richards, uh, you know, effervescence. Yeah. Uh, that's our movie guff. Yes. For the week, we'll jump in here to the game guff. Yeah. Uh, I have dabbled in a Game Pass release, Paul. Well, I have that now, too. Um, you know, it's funny, actually, when you were listing yours, I one of the first things I downloaded when I got the Xbox was the Master Chief. I've, I've since uninstalled it because I was like, you know what? That'll always be on Game Pass. I can get back to it. It's, it's taking up 100 gigs on my Xbox that I'm not using. Um, well, I originally thought it was just the first, one. first three games. Yeah, but it's reason. like they, they, I think they've actually added to it over time because when it launched, yeah. it was a fucking disaster. It was on fire. The multiplayer wasn't working. So they have since, I yeah. think they were going to be DLC, but they then were like, we're so sorry. Like they put ODST in it for free and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's got one, two, three, four reach and ODST. Yeah. Um, I believe. Yeah. So it's so a, like 130 gig. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a whopper, but um, well, six games to be fair. So it's like twenty and re- and, and, and remade from with modern visuals as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it has that cool thing though. I haven't again. I haven't played, but I've seen this where you can you switch. switch between them. Yeah. So it has like two sets yeah. of textures on the fly, ready to go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, what's not massive is the flip side of Game Pass. You've got your Xbox blockbusters, but also Game Pass is very much now filling what used to be the rental space for me where it's kind of like you buy a game you play it for a weekend you know that, that was okay i didn't really care yeah. for i didn't finish it either but give it back to like whatever that cost me a couple of quid to rent for a weekend that's game pass now because the, the the library is so huge and they're getting so many new releases that you download it you put a couple hours into it, you go eh, whatever that wasn't great i'd probably be annoyed if i spent 40 quid on it but i didn't uh to that end i did play some of the ascent which is a kind of a moderately hyped indie game. They've put it in a few of their, I think, their E3s. Yeah, well-received. Oh, yeah, well-reviewed, which, I mean, from speaking to people, other friends of mine who played it, I'm like, oh, most of the people I've spoken to don't get it. Uh, it's it's So if you haven't seen this, it's a isometric uh, twin-stick shooter uh, with, like, RPG elements, and it's set in a cyberpunky world, which is probably the biggest positive, I'll say of it right up front, is that it looks tremendous really really cool very detailed world it's got lots of verticality not you know a little bit that you can explore but a lot of it is just looking out into the horizon great blade runner ish kind of vibes and it is genuinely there's a comparison a lot of people make it's a generally way more visually stimulating world than, than cyberpunk 2077 it looks really great okay. um it also it's not just that they share an aesthetic it kind of is a mini cyberpunk 2077 because it is it's a role-playing game you have stats you have body augmentations. You have armor and weapons with, you know, values. It's a game where numbers pop off enemies when you shoot them. It's a, it's you know, it's a twin stick shooter, but it's not like just an action game. It's kind of like, oh, you're heading into an area with this kind of enemy. Put this armor on to counter them. It's that kind of game, um, boiled down to a twin stick shooter. It's okay. It's it's okay. If 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 any of those 
phrases press a button for you. Oh, cool cyberpunk aesthetics, twin stick shooter, RPG elements. It's it's worth a gander. Um, it's got tons and tons and tons of lore, and it's one of those games that has a Mass Effect or, or Elder Scrolls style codex. So every time you meet someone new or you go to new areas, like here's a, if you want to spend a half hour reading lore, go for it, which is yeah. nice. Um, it's 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 okay. It's 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 like I said, it, it it's where Game Pass is really sweet. It occupies that kind of rental space. I put a couple hours into it. It's supposed to be this is the this is a bad side of Game Pass because this happened with Outriders too. More people, I think, are going to give it a chance than if it was just a game you had to buy. And so the servers are on fire, and I tried to do multiplayer, and I kept getting kicked out of games. Me and a buddy yeah. tried to have a private match, and we were having that thing where on my screen it looked like he was running into a wall. On his screen it looked like I was clipping off the map, and then we, we our games kept falling apart because these smaller games get way more attention because they're essentially free if you own an Xbox. Yeah. Um, so multi, so it's kind of supposed to be multiplayer. All the reviews said, play this with friends. And like it's like, oh, well, I can't play it with friends because it's busted. Um, but it's a, it's a perfectly serviceable uh, uh, cyberpunk-y uh, kind of shooter. So if anyone's curious uh, about that, like I said, it's worth it down. To, I, I'm going to stick with it. Like I said, it's, 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 it's not blowing me away. But for the price of free, I will, uh, I will keep plugging it. And it does look... Very nice. It is a very, very nice uh, uh, presentation. Lots of just kind of that, um, exactly what you'd want out of a cyberpunky game. Neon everywhere, gigantic smokestacks and buildings, and just there's lots of nice little visual touches. Like there's a big stupid monster uh, bouncer for one nightclub. Another nightclub has two like hologram bouncers and stuff like that. There's bars <laughs> and uh, the map. Yeah. The, even if there's not. Uh, it's not like a fully open world game, but the city is explorable and you can go into like basically every shop and talk to people and, and get side quests and stuff. It's cool. Uh, so that's that's on the old Game Pass. Another game that you can play for free and you don't even have to have Game Pass is Splitgate, which is a free-to-play shooter on, I think, all the modern consoles and PC. Uh, not, not Switch, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Mm. It is basically... And I don't think I'm doing it a disservice here because it's it is very much just this. It is what if you played Halo and you had the gun from Portal? Um, gotcha. That that is literally it. It looks like, and you know that's a cool premise, but it's also it looks like a game that would have come out ten years ago when Portal was hot. And and some okay. small indie team was like, we can just stick a portal gun in this fucking shoot. I don't know how anyone has, maybe they have, and it just hasn't been good enough to get any hype. But this one's gained a little bit of momentum. Uh, it's technically still in beta. Uh, I believe when it goes full release, it'll still be free to play. It, it, it has a lot of free to play trappings. It's not even full release yet, and you can spend one hundred euro on split coin if you want to do that to buy uh, cosmetics. Um, it's a cute name, at least. It's a cute name, I suppose. Um, the only the only reason that I I bought a tenner worth of stuff because I put a couple of hours into this. I'm like, this is actually really fun. I'll I'll buy it. I'll I'd just to support the game. I bought a tenner. Yeah, um, I I do that. Yeah. It, it's certainly not because I'm wowed by the skins because the big negative skin does not look nice. It looks like it look again. If it wasn't for the portal gimmick, you would look at this and go, oh, someone played Halo and then two people got together to make this game. That's very dismissive. I know making video games hard, but it doesn't look nice. It does not look like a nice video game, but. The premise, as I described there, it actually delivers on that. The portal stuff is awesome. It's instantaneous. You're doing things like you're doing the traditional portal thing of jumping in through one and getting a little bit of a loop going so you can have momentum so that you can then change yeah. midair. And there's clips online of people doing all kinds of crazy, shooting themselves through midair and sniping people. What I like to do is I just like to be a cheeky prick and just 
put a portal at the top of the map and then find a corner of the map to hide in and put the other portal and then snipe from my little hidey hole like a little <laughs> like a little arsehole and that's very satisfying um yeah it's really good if you uh, i realize this is not the appeal of portal portal's a wonderful puzzle story based game if you ever thought i'd like to see this in a game where i can headshot people uh it's it's free it's in beta um for for a beta game, it runs really well. I've had zero technical issues, but they they do one one concern they do have, um, and this is probably smart given what I just said about the ascent. Um, they have a queue based system to log in, not to get a game to log in. So you boot the game up from your menu, and it says, "Yeah, we're logging you in." Oh, there's a queue because, and it even they put a plain text message on the screen saying, "We have a queue so that we do not overload our servers and cause everything to go down." It can be. It's been as low as ten seconds. It's been as long as five minutes. It's uh, my my thing with this game is uh, press the boot up button and then go get a cup of tea and then hopefully you'll have you'll be in the game by the time you go. Back. It's a beta. Uh, they they have a they've like a pin message on their on their Twitter saying this feature is here to stay for the foreseeable. If that bothers you, please wait for the final release. It's very kind of upfront. Kind of this is what we have yeah. to do, which is fair because once you get in, it actually works. It's actually it's a pretty good system. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, split gate. It's called. It's free on on every. Uh, every system, I believe. And that's it, other than the stream games, uh, which uh, were very productive this week, I would say. I, I beat my two my two current nemesis in uh, Bloodborne, and I just about survived Mario Sunshine this week. Yeah, your best stream so far. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun. I, 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 I laughed. I laughed. That's all that matters, I suppose, when it, when it <laughs> you comes to definitely laughed. I, I love to laugh, and I certainly laughed on Thursday with Mario Sunshine. <laughs> so I did the watermelon task. Yeah, uh, Which, with, and it, it was Paul's suggestion to take the downward hill track to, to get to the beach. If you, yeah. uh, if you didn't give me that tip, I probably still would be there trying to, to go along the horror, the, the hill side path, yeah. even though it has an obvious chasm in the middle. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine. I'll just go down the yeah. hill. I was like, I would have been back it's, in my head. It's like a red herring. They, yeah. want you to go, they want you to go the other way, but actually the other way. Oh, well. And kind of, now, that I've, now that I'm kind of finished it it, it, it is kind of, it feels kind of obvious and I, I don't feel dumb because I had so many people in the chat and on Twitter say, I spent hours on this. I had people saying I started playing mm. this game recently and I stopped at this level. So I didn't feel too bad. But once I finished it, I'm like, oh, it's on push it down the obvious path and then spray the enemies. That's the main thing. Just stop and spray the enemies so they can't fuck yeah. up. Yeah. I I don't know how many times I must have tried when they I I, I I left some of them out when I was editing highlights. It must have been into the twenties. I mean I, I um but I survived again I, I think I got it done quicker than I was expecting. I got it done in about a half hour. Uh, and then I spent the, I feel like the remaining 90 minutes in the Mario Casino. Actually, no, before I got to the casino, I did that fucking uh, mystery the of the hotel where you have to find a bunch of obscure, which is like, again, like so much of this game. It's like, it's not bad. I kind of like like it more or less, but some of it's just so oblique. And there's the room with the Yoshi where you can't open the fucking door after you get the Yoshi. You can only open the door and leave him in there. I'm like, oh, this is so... You're so close to having a great level. I wish you could just... I wish there was like a teensy bit more quality control. Um, and then I got to the casino and I was like, quality control? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about that when it's just the most luck of the draw shit trying to get trying to get into that secret level yeah <laughs> uh, oh my god and it's like in reference to something you're asked by the way i think it is easier with the gamecube uh, uh triggers yes yeah triggers yeah you know there's probably some some sorcery i could do where i'm certain if i youtube it there's a guy who's gotten the ps5 controller to work on the switch 
um, and use those triggers because yeah it's like you know in a weirdly impressive way the the water physics on your gun are actually really good in that the initial uh, piddle out of the the spurts when you press fire is a little bit of a squirt everywhere because it's like flushing out not great when you've got like a precision fucking sniping mission um uh with which gate gates access to a mandatory level you have to do <laughs> this isn't some fucking optional fuck around shove a watermelon up your whole fucking side mission oh my god i couldn't believe that and then i and then uh, it, it was destined to happen there was no way it was then i died in the hidden level of course know, and i had yeah. to go all the way back to that which thankfully the second time i got through it a little bit quicker but oh my god what a video oh, game yeah. what a what a bizarre monolith of a video game i mean really yeah, I have, I have to say your your Super Mario Sunshine streams have become appointment viewing in a town or household. So last Thursday, Michelle and I were watching it, and we we used the Chromecast to throw the Twitch stream Lovely. up on on the TV as well. So we were watching Barry in full, you know, well not quite 4K, but you know, on our 60 inch screen, just turning into the Joker yeah. basically. It really was. Uh, but, yeah, it, was it was very fun. It was tremendous fun. I I I I'm having great fun playing it. Um, yeah, and that's the that's the games, that's the Twitch. Back at it again Wednesday and Thursday, Bloodborne, and of course Super Mario Sunshine is coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, on the home stretch, I think I've got I've got a little while to go yet. A couple more streams, I think. But yeah, yeah. Well, I gave Barry a list in midweek, as I promised I would, of five uh, five shines that are are not mandatory to beat Sunshine, but that are, you know. Would be fun Would to be watch fun. him do. Yeah, one of them was the watermelon festival, and I ranked that four out of five in terms of the five I gave you in terms of difficulty. So it was the second most difficult. There is one that is even more difficult than that. Um, <laughs> I'll say no more than that. Yeah, no, but I, 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 yeah. are not super difficult. Uh, I think one of them might take you like three or four turns. Mm. It's not a very long level, but there's just certain things that are. Uh, are worth seeing as part of the experience. Although I did, I didn't put on the list, and maybe I should. Is um, you know the the jetpackless levels. Mm. Uh, there are you do them again in, in the completion run, right? Yeah. Uh, you then a second time, but with the jetpack, which you'll think, oh, well, that makes it easier, right? Uh, but no, you're collecting eight red coins, and you're on a time limit. Yes, I've seen those. I, I have seen those. Um, I won't be doing those. I can assure no. you. No. <laughs> uh, but I, some of them yeah. are extremely difficult. Yeah, I can. I can imagine. I like. I. I think I'll probably do all the ones on on your list because the way I'm looking at it is kind of. I'd say I'll probably wrap up Sunshine towards the end of August, and I, I've got some spooky games lined up, but I want to save them for October. Yeah. So I'm thinking I might sure. stretch Mario a little bit for another few streams. Get it? Yeah. Get well, it, you've got. Towards. You've got like two levels left, basically. You've got the you're you're almost finished the Serena Beach, which is the one at the hotel. You, what do you have? Like maybe two shines two, left on that. Two left on that, I think. Yeah, two left on that. You have one level that you haven't started yet, and you have the Pianta Village, which is the one that had the uh, the chain chomps they had to put into the oh god the pool. Oh my god, that that level is a pain in the hole. Just FYI, yeah. That is that's like the last level of the game, basically. Prior prior to the beating the game. So realistically, to beat you've got like 
somewhere in the range of like 16 shines left. Right. Okay. So if you if you do it at, at a rate of like five shines per go, you'll you'll take you like three streams. Right. So based on that, you can adjust accordingly. Yeah. Adjust accordingly. Um the 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 number five on the list I gave you is uh is is gonna be potentially a long one. Um although it's one that when I was doing my playthrough, I, I figured out a glitch to do it more quickly. Okay. Um, to cl- I, I was able to clip through part of the level, um, which bypassed a huge amount of it. But I'm not going to give you that. No, no, no. God Clean forbid. It. God forbid. Um, speaking of streaming, I, I didn't stream at all in the week because, number one, I was fucking zonked off my tits on the vaccine, as I said. And then I was trying to speed run PS5 games to have them done in time. Uh, but I did stream yesterday another little bit of Oc- Ocarina of Time. Yes, uh, I reached I reached a big milestone in that. Uh, turned into a turned from a little boy into a big old strong man. Uh, got and the then you played sword. Zelda. Well, I, I didn't want to say that, Barry, but I'll take the compliment. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, we're like one third of the way through Ocarina of Time, I'd say. So that might take nine or ten streams to beat. Um, but that's been fun. And yeah, I, I'm definitely thinking that once I beat that, I might play something uh, new. Play something for the first time. Yeah. Because you know, Ocarina of Time I love and it's fun. I'm talking about it while I'm playing it. But it's also, it's not really a new experience. I've beaten the game many, many times. Right. So um Ocarina of Time was more of a kind of pilot stream in a sense, I guess, because uh, I know it runs fine on emulation. I know how to install the texture texture packs. I knew, you know, it was an easy thing for me to set up as I was kind of getting to grips with the the Twitch software and all that. So now that I kind of know that, I can maybe branch into something else. But right. uh, maybe I'll play some ROM hacks, play some Super Mario 64 ROM hacks, uh, like um, Super Mario Odyssey 64. Maybe play some of that stuff that people won't have seen before. Because um, as I'm a fan of... I'm a fan of the old mods and the online modding community, even though I don't do a lot of modding myself. Um, that would be fun to kind of to play on stream. Um, in terms of non-streaming games, uh, Paper Mario Color Splash. Mm. Let me tell you, Barry, if there's a game that's going to turn you into the Joker more <laughs> than Mario Sunshine, it might be Paper Mario Color Splash. Um, so... Let's say in uh, you you were you were streaming this week the Serena Beach Hotel, okay, where you had to get the the pineapple, give it to the Yoshi, yeah, da, 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 right. Imagine instead of Yoshi, you had to get the blue Wario hat, okay, and you're like, what? What does that even mean? I there's a hat in the game. What? That's what this Paper Mario game is like. It's constantly like. Here's the level, you play the level, you get stuck, and then you look up a guide and it's like, oh, you need a specific item that you didn't even realize existed. Yeah. And that's happened to me ten times in this playthrough. <laughs> so Okay, let let me give you the little rundown of what I was playing just before we started streaming today, right? Okay. There's a level uh which is like um is is it's like a restaurant, right? Okay. Towards the end of the game. And part of the um Part of the, the the level is that you you like fight a steak, right? <laughs> um, but really, what you're doing is you're like you're like cooking the steak. 
So it's it's like a it's like a picture in your mind's eye a Final Fantasy style turn based or okay. Pokemon game, right? Right. Where right. you're Mario with the hammer and you're you're doing your hammer attack, but really what you're doing is you're tenderizing the stake, right? And then right. you have to use. Um, so I'm I'm beating up the stake, and every time I'm doing it, right. It, okay. it, the, it, the steak goes to the, the, the VIP character and he goes, oh, I don't like the steak. The steak's missing the, the flavor, right? So I look up the thing, right? It's like, oh, you need these three specific items that you get in other levels. You need the the salt and pepper item. You need the... Uh, this sounds fucking crazy, by the way. But you need the salt and pepper item. You need the barbecue item, barbecue grill item, and you need the lemon item, Okay, right? I'm like... Okay, so I go to these three levels, get the items, right? Go the whole way back to the level I was on. This takes me like an hour, by the way. All the way back to the level I'm on, fight the stake again. And by the way, every time you you uh, don't do the stake right, you have to hard reset. Because if you don't, it costs you 1,000 coins to try again, right? I don't have 1,000 coins. So I just have to hard reset, go get the items again, go back to the stake, right? So I have the items. I, 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 I hammer the stake, right? Do the salt and pepper on it, like you do with a real steak. On the barbecue, cooking the steak, and then doesn't let me use the lemon. It goes straight to the guy, and he goes, oh, the steak's no good. It's missing lemon. I'm like, you didn't let me use the lemon. Look up the guide. Oh, no, you have to do it in a certain amount of turns. Okay, let me do the turns. Use the hammer. Da, da, da. Use the uh, salt and pepper. Use the barbecue. Use the lemon. Okay, I've done all three. Here we go. Oh, he doesn't like it. It's not tender enough. He didn't use the hammer enough. Oh, what? Well, go to the guy. No, you have to use a certain hammer. You need, you need to either get the excellent action on the hammer, or you need to get the big hammer and do. So let's go back. Oh, I was like, oh, forget this game. This is nonsense. So I can't wait to beat Paper Mario. This game is so stupid. It's so badly designed. There's, there's it, it. You never beat a puzzle, right? By being clever or working <laughs> it out. You never, you never beat the puzzle by working out the puzzle. You beat the puzzle by trying it yourself, getting frustrated when nothing works, looking up a guide, realizing there's an item that exists previously in... Like, there was one I had to do, right? Where I was doing the previous boss of the previous world, right? You need the camera item because the boss gets, like, this golden ring around themselves. And, again, this sounds completely insane, but the boss gets a golden ring around them, which insta-kills you if you don't have the wow. necessary item, right? So what you do is you get the camera item, you take a picture of yourself, and a Polaroid comes out, and the boss then attacks the Polaroid because it thinks it's you. But the the camera item is part of an optional mini game two worlds before, right? So when I did this mini game the first time. It's basically like a memory game. Right. It, it shows you cards and you have to go, oh, this card, this card, this card. Just like memory or, you know, you get memory cards that like kid, like very little kids play. Turn the card over and turn the other one. So you do a mini game. And then once you beat the mini game, it gives you this optional extra mini game that if you lose the optional mini game, you have to start from the very beginning and do the mandatory one again. Oh, so I was weird. like, fuck. I well, I learned that the hard way. I didn't realize it would put you back to the beginning. So I, I tried the optional one, but I didn't have enough paint. So <laughs> I lost. I had to go back to the beginning. And so when I redid, I said, "Fuck that optional game. I'm not doing that because I didn't want to replay this right. half an hour section of the game ten times." Only to learn that oh, 
optional it was in name only, you do have to do it because there's a boss later that you can't beat without doing it. My God, this game is so badly designed. Fair enough, Mario Sunshine was like rushed out and had a very rushed production. Paper Mario Color Splash is just the weirdest designed game ever. Baffling decisions. Uh, I would never recommend anyone play it. Yeah. Uh, even with a Paper Mario interest, if you want to retain, you know, any semblance of your sanity. Um, I was gonna, like, I was gonna say oh. the switch, the switch one. Initially, when you started this round, I was gonna say the switch one isn't much better, but it actually is based on what you said. Switch one, like you know, a little bit of backtracking because it's a Paper Mario game, not a regular Mario game. You move so slow, and it's annoying when you have to go back. But it's nowhere near as obtuse as that. It's always relatively straightforward what you need. Uh, oh my god! To be fair, so I think that'll be a reprieve for you when you get to that. Point. Yeah, is it's... it's just like there's no signposting at all. It's not like before you try this boss, make sure you have the camera, which yeah. is on. By the way, this level. Yeah. No, it's just you. You're fighting the boss and you die and you go what? So anyway, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I, I, I'm near the end of it. Once I beat it, I'm gonna put that Wii U away. I'm never gonna fucking play it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because I think it's like pretty much the last Wii U game that I have that I, I'm gonna play on it, and then maybe well maybe I'll jailbreak it and use it for like emulation or something. I'm trying to think: um, is there anything else that hasn't been ported? I don't think there is. Uh, 3D World was the big one. It was the one everyone was yeah, like, "Oh my god, you have to port that!" Blah, 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 and they did. So you know, uh, 3D World, Mario Kart, Breath of the Wild, uh, Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze got ported. Oh, Mario Ma Mario Maker got a sequel, which is on better on Switch. So yeah, there's really nothing. There's uh, uh, yeah. Poke, even that Poke Pokemon Tekken game got ported as well. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's also that like the one of the few things that's probably still on it is like the Me verse. Didn't they shut that down already? So yeah, uh, Nintendo Land as well. Yeah, that's but, a shame. Like, there's the um the two HD remakes of like Zelda Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are yes. only on Wii U for whatever bonkers reason. Well, they have Skyward Sword now on Switch. So, you know. Yeah, they put out the worst one. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> oh God, Skyward Sword, what an absolute piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. uh, Trover saved the universe. Beat that. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Would highly recommend, but only in VR. I I don't. I wouldn't get the appeal of playing it in two D. Right. Yeah. If you have the uh, PSVR, uh, I, I or I, I don't know if it's out on non PSVR. It might is. be out on. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I would give it a, a definite recommendation. If you if you like Rick and Morty, you're you're 100 going to like it. It's the funniest game I've ever played. Um, it's simultaneously very funny in in a pure comedic sense, but also it's very self referential as a video game, and but does it in a very clever and very funny way. I absolutely loved playing it from start to finish. Uh, not quite as good as the like Astrobot rescue missions of the world, of course. In so, terms yeah. of in terms of video game quality, but um, as far as an experience goes, I I really enjoyed it. Speaking of Astro's Playroom, got the old platinum on that some bitch. Yeah, buddy. In, in in one day, probably took me about four or five hours. Yeah, it's super easy, and also it's yeah. a it's a great platinum as well because that is a game where it's always going to put a little smile on your face when, as part of getting a trophy or fully completing the level, you're poking around this little corner like, oh, look at this little cute little thing over here. Oh, look, it's it's yeah. little Aloy with her little bow, you know, or whatever it, the fuck it yeah. is. I mean, it, it's it's really without without sounding like a pretentious prick. I think this is really one of the only examples 
where you can truly say it's like a love letter mm-hmm. to PlayStation. And it is. It's like, as you say, there's little little infamous going along the electric uh, wire. There's like little moments of, of PlayStation history, but then it, in a more in-your-face way, you're collecting artifacts. You're getting the, the, the DualShock 3 controller, and you're getting the... Um, you know the PSVR goggles, and also and... like when you when you're flipping that that PlayStation Two when the DualShock Two around, and you zoom in, and like you didn't expect this game to be some graphical showcase. Be like, look at look at those raised copyright serial numbers on the back of that PS2 <laughs> controller. What an unbelievable texture on this fucking stupid controller in this free game. I love that. Um... What else? Yeah, I love I loved all the PlayStation references and the fact that you you know, you earn trophies by like opening the PS1 by jumping on the button or yeah. uh, going through the home thing and you know, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, you know, fundamentally playing it it, it is kind of a, a tech demo for the controller. Yeah. And, and I thought it, it it was really really great. The controller itself was excellent obviously. Um there was only one section of the game that I didn't really enjoy which was um, albeit a very very small section of the game, which was where you're use you're like launching and using like a, a paraglider, mm. and that felt very like Wii era motion control to me. Whereas everything else felt very precise. Um, but that was the only part of the game that I was like, oh, hope hopefully they don't use this too much, and they didn't. I love the frog suit. I love the monkey climbing. Like that's oh, all great. And like again, like uh, the, the, one of the disappointing things about Astro, well, not, it's only been a, like less than a year, but I kind of look back on Astro now and I'm like, nothing else is kind of making use of that stuff. Like the no. monkey climbing, like uh, all Astro always feels good in the hand. That's tremendous. But with the monkey climbing thing, it's actually got a, a, a use. It's like don't press too hard on the trigger, yeah. or you'll, you know. And again, like obviously, at some point, I'm sure an Uncharted game will come out and it'll use that shit. But every, everything else is just kind of using it for, like, uh, aim down sights. Uh, Ratchet and Clank uses alternate fire, which is nice. But I'm kind of like, every, like you, just you talking about it just reminded me, like, oh, look at all that cool shit they did in that the I first know. game. And also, what was the, the other, there was another example. Um, Astro makes great use of the system level. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff. But uh, if you go into the time trial levels in Astro and you beat one of my times, I'll get a PS5 system level notification saying, oh, Paul, just beat your time. If, okay. if we're friends, I can press a button, and because of the speed of the hardware, whatever, it just takes me to that level in two seconds. And it's gotcha. like, it's like, oh, that's really good. I was like, I haven't used that feature since since the first week the PlayStation was out, and everyone was everyone <laughs> right. like that was legitimately fun because I had three or four people I was going back and forth with, and it was instantaneous notification. You just got beat. Oh, you just beat them. They got a notification. They're dropping Spider Man and they're jumping back into Astro to beat my time. And again, it's kind of like, okay, it's been. 10 months now and no no one else is using that stuff even even first party games uh from sony you know yeah now my f- my favorite actual use of the controller in the game was when you're doing the um the it's not it's not a claw machine like it was in in the vr one it's like a you pull a lever mm, and it pops mm. out thing and every now and then you get like a can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the feeling in the hand was so eerily accurate. I was kind of hoping I would get a can. Yeah, because it's like I liked how it felt. But um, really enjoyed it. Uh, not too hard platinum, as you said, but uh, really good. It would take me too long to talk about all, all the stuff I liked about. It. I liked how all each world was four levels, but actually it was one super long level. And I liked um, 
the level select that you could jump into a specific part if you miss like a jigsaw piece. It was all great. It was all great. And then we come to Ratchet and Clank, which I I, I did beat. Um, I still haven't. <laughs> in, like, in like a day and a half, basically. Wow. Um, I wouldn't recommend people play it that way. I, I think it's much more of a, almost kind of in the way Animal Crossing was, where it's like, a, it's, I'd rather play a little bit of it every day rather than all of it in one day. Because I think the problems that it has kind of get amplified when you play it so much. Um, uh, first of all, the, like the best looking game I've ever played. Uh, it's absolutely incredible looking. But it, it, it's, it is just endless waves of enemies, the game. And I don't remember the PS4 one being so much that. Maybe it was. I, I don't really remember. But um, like Ratchet and Clank, it's crazy in 2021. It still has, you know, some of my least favorite um, like game quest types where it's like um the person you're with you're you're escorting is like working on the machine but it takes them 10 minutes defend them from endless waves of enemies i'm like that is never fun in games um the game it's not that difficult actually the game itself but like god parts of it was just like parts of the game especially in the second half are really clever bordering on although not quite as good because i don't i don't hype it up too much but bordering on the kind of titanfall 2 campaign right i know what you mean I know kind you mean. of yeah yeah where it gets very clever and very kind of out there with with the level design i've done the level where you're phasing back and forth just to keep it vague uh okay which which well, which actually yeah titanfall 2 is a great comparison yeah. it's, it's very like that yeah yeah but there are other levels that are a bit more conceptual, like that one. Mm. Um, my favorite level in the game, actually, you, I believe, is still to come for you. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, I wonder if Ratchet and Clank, for all, for as beautiful as it is, for as clever as it is with the various guns that you use, for the majority of it, is it actually that fun to play? Like, <laughs> if a lot of it just felt like, you know, you're in this beautiful world, but you're just kind of procedurally shooting 900 enemies yeah. repeatedly and i as i was playing the game in such a short spurt i got tired of that really quickly and i i appreciated much more when the game had kind of more of a puzzly aspect to it or more of a platformy aspect to it um because every time i would do like a puzzle and then it's just like a door's open and 900 enemies run out i'm like oh here we go again and as you say it has like the alternate shooting if you kind of half press trigger versus full i didn't feel like that was really you like i never felt like there was such a huge difference between half and full so i would just do full the whole time it's no benefit the full is always more powerful so it's just kind of like i think it's like it conserves ammo but you're never stuck for ammo anyway so with with the main blaster it's like if you do the half it shoots less ammo but it's more precise Mm. so you can have kind of precision but doing less damage or you can shoot loads but have a wider spread of shooting which whatever um i also that was the first time where i but by the end of the game i was sick of the trigger <laughs> resistance like when, when you're playing astrobot and you're doing like the rocket for example and you pull down a trigger, it feels great when you're playing 10 hours of a shooter in which you are all the time pressing the triggers and you're you're feeling the resistance on your little finger every trigger yeah. pull I, I would nearly just turn it off if that's possible for for like Ratchet and Clank. It is it, it is possible because I, I remember when the thing launched, 
uh, like your serious, serious Call of Duty people, like I turn it yeah. off because I'm playing ten hours a day. And also, there's a you know, there's a competitive difference in that game where it's like I don't want the 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 aesthetic feel versus the competitive edge I'm losing I by know doing what you it. Mean. So the, I've, yeah. I've definitely heard straight away from launch like that can be turned off, and people do turn off. And plus, yeah, like Astro, it's fun and different. It's like oh, a little bit of tension, a little rumbly rumbly. But with with Ratchet, it's just like gun feel for for eight hours or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't that I I wasn't kind of impressed by that aspect of it, but yeah, I I would say overall Ratchet is like a good a good eight out of, eight out of ten launch game, um, not maybe not as good as I was expecting, better looking than I was expecting, and like I said, some parts of it are very uh, very clever, but God, so much of it is just shooting enemies, and the level design is is for the most part pretty pretty standard. I felt yeah. That's all I played. Um, yeah, I still haven't finished Ratchet. I, I think kind of for this, I, I same reasons you kind of outlined not to play it in one go. I kind of like I check in. I I actually just checked in. I think last week after not playing it for a few weeks, I was like, yeah. did a quick level, did that one I talked about. It was fun. I kind of I was after about ninety minutes. I was like, yeah, I've, I've kind of had it now. Also, I think there's I think there's like fourteen. I want to say fourteen levels. Yeah. Obviously, you go back to yes. planets. That's fair enough. But I would say, for me, the perfect amount to play in one session would just be like one level. One level. I think they're probably about an hour long, and then stop and come back to another day and play another hour level. And you should beat it then in like twenty sessions. Let's yeah, say. I think I think that's probably the best way. To play. There's and it's just uh, another thing that's kind of frustrating about it is kind of like they have these gorgeous cutscenes, good good voice cast. And and the uh, the the going from a cutscene into action is like completely seamless. The yes. best I've ever seen as well. Yeah, and and also when you jump in, when you're in one level, you jump in your spaceship, you pick another level, you you go there in seconds or whatever it is. Yeah. But like the the, the cutscenes look tremendous. The voice acting is you know solid. This is Insomniac. They've written tremendous video game stories. And maybe this is a nitpick for like a kids game, but I think kids games can also have good stories. I find it like really dull in that regard. Like again, maybe this is just I had an unreasonably high standard. It's not like the 2016 reboot game was some amazing yarn, but it's kind of just like it feels like real low level Saturday morning cartoon story. Like uh, you've got these two kind of swapped protagonists, like Ratchet and Clank are separated, and they each get a new counterpart that's very similar to each other. Um, and they kind of just become friends instantly and just kind of like yeah. every single level is about how nice it is to have friends. And I'm just kind of like, all right, I know this is like a game for seven year olds, but can we turn it up a little bit, please? Yeah, there, there, there's some added depth in the second half. Okay. Sure. Okay. I, um, but I, I know what you mean. I, I kind of found, yeah, I kind of found it a bit underwhelming in that regard as well. But then the 2016 one had the advantage of being basically a movie tie in. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't really a, an original story in, in true. the true sense. Um, yeah, I also found the kind of the character models, while they were obviously very well, they're very high resolution and very nice looking. I don't know, they just animation wise and the way they would like talk. Yeah, um, wasn't bad per se, but they just kind of had a lifelessness to them, mm. and you know. Anyway, um, on the on the. <laughs> On the P- you don't do you still have access to your PS that PS or your brother's PS Five now? Or? I, have, I have access, but I'm I'm more or less not playing at the moment because it, it being his birthday yesterday, he's got like Assassin's Creed Valhalla to play mm. for the next nine hundred hours and Ratchet and Clank, which I gave him for his birthday after I beat it. 
I was going to say, if you have, a, if you or he have a disc copy of Miles Morales, you can get the free PS5. That is a game. Uh, that is a game. Even if you've played it, that is a game worth firing up on the PlayStation Five. Um, gotcha. Uh, and I usually, I usually, when games give you the option, I tend to go to the sixty frames mode. If you go into the the thirty frames, you know, image fidelity or whatever it's called mode. Oh my god, that is a spectacular looking game. And also, just to just to see what it's like, if you just do the the fast travel thing, if you're on one side of the map, just pick the other side, and you're just there, and like that's crazy it's like it's super yeah. impressive uh so you know between that and astro there was a couple of things when the ps5 came out came out that was kind of like oh oh okay this is what a solid state drive does okay now yeah. i get it well i'm even seeing on the xbox is just like i use the instant startup mode yes. you Same. turn on it's like boom, boom. I go, okay yeah uh, the startup instrument instrument it's way better than the ps5 i mean the the s i think is like by a couple of fractions, like I think it's the fastest of all of them because it's yeah. It's, it's a little bit now the PS5 has nearly feels like the PS4, where it's a yes, and then you're in. Xbox is like, think oh, um, open. Also, they've they've done a couple of updates on the PS5, and they still haven't added this feature, which I think is crazy. Um, so the Xbox has quick resume, which is very cool. So you can yeah. have three or four games on the trot in save states in this re, and you can flick between them, no loading back into the game, none of that shit. PlayStation doesn't have that. Which is fine, you know. Good to have a difference between them. But the PlayStation doesn't tell you. Oh, by the way, you were playing. You were playing Ratchet and Clank. By the way, don't you, you just booted up Last of Us Two? Do you want us to stop that? It just it just throws you in and just closes the, the previous game. It's like, oh, <laughs> well, okay. If I decide I want to go back to that, I have to go through the menus and the options. And it's like, okay, that's yeah. that's a shame. Um, yeah, the the, the series the, the quick resume stuff is, is tremendous. I think they didn't have it at first, but I think now. They put in everything where you can. There's a, I think there's a menu where you can even see. It's like here's what you have. Uh, quick resumed. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of the Xbox after a few weeks of zooming around it, testing it out, uploading, downloading, sharing, quick resuming, getting you know, yeah. doing all that stuff. You know. I'll um, let you know. Uh, we will jump into the. We're running kind of long here. We'll jump into the emails. Yes. Uh, I got an email here from Scott. He says, good evening, Barry. He says, now that wrestling companies are going back on the road, do you think the fans will improve how they act or will we hear the garbage chants they were happening before? Will fans finally show appreciation for the product or will the first thing we hear out of fans' mouths be, what? Uh, I haven't missed the crowd interaction. The cheering, the booing when appropriate is great, but the other 90% of the behavior could stay away. Scott, I could not disagree more. I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, that's, I watch uh, the acclaimed AEW Dynamite on television, and I don't hear any fans heckling, booing, watting, hijacking the show on that television program. Uh, it seems like a little bit of respect goes both ways in the old uh, wrestling world. Um, I think I think people go to WWE shows, and they are hostile to shows that are hostile back to them. And it's a a, yeah. a, a shitty because I didn't watch Raw in Chicago, but I heard you know they had CM Punk chants and all this other stuff. It's like, well, yeah, you know. It's a shitty program that's that's produced by people who don't like the fans to begin with. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't go to a show in Heckler. I, I, I don't really see the point in that. But I also, I'm long past caring about what the fans do, especially since you watch New Japan, you watch AEW, you watch Impact even, and they're into their show. They're all getting a little bit of a nod of respect from those companies. And, you know, WWE is what they are, you know. 
Um, so no, I'm glad fans are back. I think they've all been they've been raucous. I think they've been they've been hot. I think they've been uh, appreciative. I even and I actually have watched some of the WWE shows and they've been they've been pretty good as well. Except I don't watch Raw because I'm not a, a masochist. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm glad they're back. And if they want to heckle bad shows, let them do it. That's freedom of speech, I believe they call that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, WWE has the has the. Um advantage and disadvantage at the same time of you know for a long time being the only show in town yeah and so they they benefit from that obviously but also as we've talked about a, a long time in terms of aw especially is is the goodwill of the fans mm. and WWE being the only show in town has that in terms of getting people in the, do- in the door but there's a big number of people who who watch it and love it but are also openly critical of it yeah and it's that so it, for them yeah um, and plus, I, I think you know, and I think the funny thing is, I do think because uh, it always does. Nothing lasts forever. I feel like the the the, the honeymoon period will eventually end with AEW. I mean, you kind of hear Absolutely. you hear it a little bit with Cody, and and this week included, where he gets a little bit of the the, the jeering, a little bit of singing the goodbye song for him. And my thing is fine, like do it. Like I I would rather the fans. And it's funny because Vince McMahon himself is the guy who calls it the live focus group every week. It's like I would rather people say listen we're sick of this cody shit get him out of here and the company then go okay he needs to come off tv for a few weeks because the people have had enough they don't want to see him yeah. they'll forget in a few weeks because it's fucking you know goldfish memory for of most te- not just wrestling television viewers anyway pop him off pay-per-view cycle let other people get their shine on and then bring, which i think is what they're going to do anyway with that big with the big angle they had on wednesday um so i have to say yeah you know Go to the show. That's the beauty of wrestling. Go to the show. Say something sucks if it sucks. Uh, and, you know, uh, and the irony of it being the live focus group is that McMahon, in particular, couldn't care less what they chant or boo because it's whatever he wants to do. John Cena is a baby face for twenty years being booed. Um, um, yeah, it's the it's the itchy and scratchy focus group test where he's just telling them they're that's, well, that's why they they're they're kids because they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott does go in, on in an ideal world. Companies would 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 listen to, you know, the fans and and make adjustments creatively, make adjustments thereof. But yeah. and 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 sometimes I see I see the argument sometimes that it's like oh well you know sometimes you know you watch an episode of Raw and they're shitting on a segment that's not even that bad and it's like yeah but it's not just one segment is it it's years and years of. Of, I, I saw it described as it's a hostile relationship, and it's it's two ways. It's like the fans turn on the show, but it's because the fans have been getting two fingers thrown up at them for so long, um, yeah. you know. Uh, and it's like like you know we're not big Bray Wyatt people on this podcast, but no. there's a lot of people who watch SmackDown, Raw, NXT, NXT UK main event, fucking superstars, fucking live from MSG, every fucking WWE program imaginable who do love Bray Wyatt. And what happened to him? He, fucking gone like a week before he was supposed to come back to tv they uh, don't want him anymore you know it's it's that's tip of the iceberg but anyway um uh, scott goes on here he asks what comic books have i been reading lately well scott we we ran down comic golf there at the top of the show scott has a recommendation here. he says he just finished reading the x of swords series after reading the previous books and man is that a really good series that is one i have been directly recommended i i think once i kind of finish the uh the new x-men run that i'm reading currently i i spoke to people about i think i will jump into the 
the current era of X-Men, which seems to be very highly regarded, including the, the X of Swords run. So I'm glad I can add uh, Scott's uh, uh, endorsement to that series as well. So thank you very much, uh, Scott, for that. And then he gives us a pick one here. You can only watch one. The others cease to exist. Which do you pick? Uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-views, TNA pay-per-views, PWG pay-per-views. Have a great week, Scott. Uh, I'll go PWG just because that's kind of always been my preference. Um, I would love to have the, the, the Ring of Honor access uh, tip my fingers, but uh, I'll go PWG. Uh, I think I have to go TNA. Ooh. Back to the old days, just, you know, the angle matches back when they were good and, you know, Christian stuff and yeah, that's that's some good stuff, and then you know Joe and Daniels and AJ. And... There was a lot of shite, but you know I feel like it cobbled together like quite a good sort of uh, program of stuff from that. I think I've only ever seen one Ring of Honor pay per view, maybe two, and maybe two or three PWG shows. Certainly the one where Adam Cole took a tombstone. <laughs> um. No, I saw the 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 ladder match with Young Bucks, uh, Super Smash Bros. I forget who the third team was. Future Shock. Was it? Oh, it was Adam, Adam Cole, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that was three men's. Was it three men's three? Three. Yes, the one. Yeah. I saw that show. I've definitely seen one or two others. And like I said, I saw like I remember Ring of Honor Final Battle. I want to say two thousand eight with Aries and. McGuinness? McGuinness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas I've, I've seen a lot of TNA pay-per-views, obviously, back in the heyday. And my favorite match of all time was on a TNA pay-per-view. That's so right. It's be TNA. TNA. Interesting. TNA. TNA. I watched, watched Turning Point 2005 for the rest of my life. <laughs> you can get yourself got a, the... <laughs> a Impact Plus subscription. You can Impact Plus. Yeah, I could do. I watched Bar- the first Barrett Wire Massacre was on that show as well. Sabu and Abyss. Oh, yeah. I'm your father, Abyss. I don't know if he was around, James Mitchell. I think that was pre-Mitchell, but uh, that was also... It's all good. It's all a good era. Yeah. Um, that's my email from Scott. Thank you very much, Scott, for uh, the questions and the pick ones and the, and the wrestling topic. Uh, I also have an email from Mr. Scott McAvoy. He says, uh, good evening, Joe. You've mentioned that Michelle is a bit of a Disney historian. Has she ever visited the city that Disney owns in Florida? Where employees live. What? Uh, I don't believe so, Scott. I think I've heard of that, but um, no, I don't. She hasn't been to Disney World, and I, I'm not sure if she's actually been to Florida. But we do, we do plan on going one day um, in the in the future. I I I, I know nothing about this. I have to imagine it's horrible. Is it horrible? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like it's supposed to be a city, perfectly designed city, kind of like um, what, the way Disney land Disney. The way, the way Disney, the way Disney himself, all white people. Oh, he's dead. He's he's frozen. He can't hear me. Don't worry about it. Uh, I represent the state of. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yes, so uh, we will possibly visit that one day, Scott. And he also has a quick uh, pick one for us. A bit of a twist on this one because it's three years with um, the movies from those years. So you have to pick which year you want to save and which two will be deleted from history. Oh, interesting. And the three years he gives us are 2001, 1998, 
1996. Hmm. Um, so I've, I've got my letterbox open here with my, my ratings. So okay. in 2001, uh, we've got Zoolander, Donnie Darko, Monsters, Inc., mm. Royal Tenenbaums, Shallow How, which we all love, of course. Um, <laughs> Amelie, Legally Blonde, Lord of the Rings, uh, K-Pax, <laughs> Kimmy and Spacey, uh, The Mummy Returns, Training Day with um, Denzel, and a few others. Yeah, you got Rush Hour 2 as well. Rush Hour 2. Spirited Away, Moulin Rouge, Shaolin Soccer, Shrek. No, I'm looking at 2001. Sorry, what year? We're do- yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001. Sorry, Shrek. Uh, the first Harry Potter film, Jurassic Park oh, yeah. 3, Evolution, oh. Sean William Scott, uh, and Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. I watched that. <laughs> uh, in 98, my top films, I actually only got two five star films in 98. It's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and Saving Private Ryan. Ooh. Uh, and then my third highest rated film is Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadow. <laughs> <Wrestling with Shadow. laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. The Parent Trap. And The Parent Trap. So, and then finally, 96, my top two are Independence Day and Scream, closely followed by Fargo, The Rock, and Train Spotting. Oh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go 96 based on that. Also, list, you know. also 96, Jingle All the Way, uh, Matilda, oh. Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah, all great, all great. Good. Based purely on Joe's letterbox, I'm going to go 96. <laughs> all right, I'm going to look at my own 98 here. Uh, I've also got two five stars in 98, but I've I've the Truman Show and American History X. Okay. Uh, Big Lebowski was 98 as well. Uh, following the first Chris Nolan movie, Thin Red Line, Mulan, Rushmore, the first Rush Hour, Ring, uh, 98 Godzilla, of course. <laughs> um, the Rugrats movie Lion King 2 uh, 96 uh, Fargo Jingle All, <laughs> Jingle All the Way is my third highest film <laughs> of 96 well yeah it was a tough uh, year it was a tough year after Fargo and Hunchback of Notre Dame uh, Independence Day Mission Impossible um, Spy Hard was that year <laughs> With Leslie Nielsen, uh, Beavis and Butthead do America, Space Jam, of course, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, e- I might go 2001 on this one. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going 96 as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my ratings 2001 or higher. I'll go 2001. Thanks, Scott. That's a very good question. I feel there's a, a tournament in that question, possibly in the future. Ooh, decade movies, movie, movie years, yeah, decades. But well, we definitely have, don't don't have time to be starting that today. No bracket game, the yeah. nine-hour bracket game that we did. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Scott, for the emails. Though some some uh, interesting topics there. Um, I, I mean, we don't really have a whole lot of time to to dive into all the wrestling. Um. I mean, I'm not even sure where to start. To be honest, Bray let, let me let, let me tell you. Let me tell you where to start. Go on. That that six man tag on Dynamite with Moxley, Kingston, and Darby Allen against 2.0 and is it Daniel Garcia? Yeah, Garcia. 2.0. Oh, what a great match that was! Everyone won in that match. Everyone looked great. The match was really fun. Ah, oh, I loved it. I loved that match. It was great. 
It was so good. I love the, the I don't know what they're called, the 2.0 guys. What yeah. were they in X? Is it Ever? Ever Rise. Ever Rise, yeah. I, they're the one thing that I've seen recently in WWE or NXT that actually caught my attention and I thought it was good. So I'm glad that they're in AEW so oh. I can actually watch them. You know, like it wasn't necessarily the best match. Like it was nowhere on the level of the uh, the elite Dark Order match from yeah. you know a few weeks ago. But just in terms of like uh, a little seven minute, eight minute tag match. And even these guys making their first appearances that are basically being squashed, they all came off like better than they went in. You know, it was yeah. it was a win win situation for everybody involved. Big big thumbs up. Yeah. Um, unlike the Chris Jericho Hooventud match. <laughs> what a stinker that was! Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Um, the problem was that these two fifty year old lads thought they could still do the lucha spots they did in oh, no. 1995. Like, I feel like they felt like they had to, but I was like, you didn't, lads. You didn't, you know. My God. It's so bad. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It, it was like hero, Heroes of Wrestling. Oh, my God. It would be that bad. Um, yeah, so next week he's got the ward load. I mean, that'll be an improvement anyway, because he won't be trying to hold back the years. I didn't realize, by the way, I, I, that the fifth one is MJF. The, so the idea is that if he gets... Yeah, I think I mentioned that last time, that I was confused by that yeah, as well. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of an anticlimax that they were being very creative with it and doing, like, Nick Gage and Hoovy. And then number four is Wardlow. Is a little bit... Yeah. I guess, I guess you know, they didn't want to make it too much of a babyface thing, all the surprises. And, you know, also, they made it seem like... He was the special ref, and then later on, he's not. Yeah, they said he. I, I was didn't know what was happening. Well, so I'll tell you. I don't want to point any fingers, but MJF just said ringside, and then someone. I'm not going to name names. Someone on commentary. You gonna be a goddamn referee? What a bad god joke! <laughs> and said it about seven times. Um, which was uh, oh, it really is man. they must it, it must be the complete opposite. They must have no one saying anything in their headsets ever in that company. Yeah. No, now to be fair, MJF said something like I'll I'll be I'll be accompanying Wardlow to the ring to make sure it's called straight down the middle. Yeah. Which to be fair is a line usually reserved for people who are going to be guest referees. Talk about calling it straight down the middle. Yeah. But um they really could have made that clear <laughs> what it was. Because remember, MJF is picking the steps. Hmm. So why would he just be like in his corner? Like, I, I don't get why he, he, his character, would pick that as a step to stick it to Jericho anyway. As opposed to make himself a guest referee, which would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway that match stank. That match stank. Uh, I tell you what match was I was pleasantly surprised with. I thought it was the best The Bunny match of all time. Uh, with Layla Hirsch, yeah, um, I like Layla Hirsch a lot. She's wrestling nine foot tall Camille. Um, at some her point. name is great, by the way. Camille Brickhouse. Brickhouse. Yeah, Ugh, that's pretty tremendous. good. Because she she built like a brick shit house is the uh, um, there is the gimmick. There there is a person I've seen her on NWA quite a bit, not lately because I've heard it's gone down. The, the tubes, but I used to watch NWA. Um, and obviously, she always looks good, she's always tanned and tall and muscular. Yeah. But oh my god, there was a person who knew she was going to be on 
television, proper television she was. Tanned. She had the shiny hair. She had the gigantic yeah. heels because they're like, listen, you're wrestling a teeny tiny little person. So you have to look yeah. as tall as humanly possible. It was great. Um, <laughs> she was on the Bart Simpson. She had this hair spiked up. <laughs> yeah, this is the first stripey suit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. Um, you're the contender, is what I would say, if you're two inches taller. <laughs> um, uh, no, to be fair, Camille, right? I don't want to sound like um, the the modern day NXT approach, but Camille has that kind of Jade character. I don't want to, you know, just say, "Oh, these mus- these muscular women look great," but she has the same thing as Jade, where you're, you know, people aren't really switching channels anymore. But you know, you you look up from your tablet and you see her on screen. You go, "Oh, Jesus, she is something that stands out as like a special attraction." I know she's NWA. She's not really AEW anyway. Well, yeah. But- she has that like intangible, bigger than life thing. Yeah, that your even your like Brit Bakers at first glance don't have. don't have. Yeah, um, I assume that match is going to be on the NBA is doing a women's show next month. I think, I would um, think so. Uh, which you know might be all right. Um, I'll take a look at the the actual characters at the time, uh, and then for the women's division in AEW, they're doing uh, Red Red Velvet versus Brit. Um, <sighs> What? I thought that, well, I thought that segment was all right. I, I liked it. I couldn't I? I, haven't, I still have the same problem I've been having for a month. I don't know who's the heel and who's the face in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Um, also, um, like, so you know, she's ranked and stuff because she. I guess she's winning on dark. They could have put Red Velvet on TV like last week and given her a Get win one or win. something. Mm-hmm. Like, like, um, like again, like they posted the rankings and she's like, she is like third. So fair enough, she came out and issued the challenge. She got it, and I know it's just—it's literally just so Brit can beat someone in a title match in her hometown. That's fine, but come on, a little bit more. Because I thought the same, I thought the promos were good. You know, it's fine. Come on, give me a little bit more. Um, <laughs> match match should be alright. I feel like Red Velvet always kind of surprises you and has really good matches. Um, mm. uh, so that that'll maybe be the main event. It is in Brit's hometown, so I guess that would make sense. Yeah, uh, that's this week. By the way, Rampage is starting this week. Uh, it's included on the fight gimmick for the same price, which is good. oh, it is lovely, um, and it'll oh, be live nice. uh, at three a.m. Irish time. Uh, which obviously I won't be doing this week, but next week I might be. T- I might have to stay up and watch the Chicago show. Live. Yeah, Chicago gimmick. I think I might have to be up live on that stuff. one. See the oh, hello. I'm the... <laughs> I eat all your paycheck, Tony Khan. <laughs> Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was. They did a good angle with Adam Page. I liked it a lot. With the, I liked the Adam Page angle. I liked the Cody angle as well. Um, they were both good. Yeah, I thought Cody was milking it a teensy bit, but well, that's what he does. He got the he, he did the little the little Cody Rhodes trademark little quiver the lip. Oh. <laughs> he did the he did the old Hogan holding his ribs. Um, but look, to to give him to give him credit, I mean, to me it was just, just a teensy bit. It was just a teensy bit too much Hogan for me. But I I will not say anything close to he put he put back over like Brock Lesnar. He put him over like he was the biggest beast in the fucking world. And he then got to come back out and batter him when he was doing his teary eyed promo. So that was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, those those are the moments where you're like AEW gets it. They get it. Yeah. 
It's like you don't have to love every single thing about Tommy End. Yeah. You don't have to think he's the rock for booking like that to work. It just works because yeah. it's just it's just effective. But, um... And and Malachi Black seems now like this this exciting, fresh, important top liner. Whereas in WWE, well, number one, he would have been in NXT for three years. And then his 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 debut match, he would he would lost to Baron Corbin, yeah, rather than you know beating the breaks off Cody Rhodes in in the main event, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we roll on to <laughs> Dynamite's going to have the Impact titles contested this week, yeah, uh, which means we're getting we're getting a Gallows Heat segment, All right. we're getting a Gallows match, never yeah. mind. Anything. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Rushed. I can't wait to see that. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see him catching Grayson on his hot tag dives and all this other shit. Um. Anyway, it might be all right. I mean, that actually, the match, the match should be all right because because Anderson's actually been pretty good. I think the last few weeks. Mm. Um. Yeah, that good Moxie match. Yeah, sure. the Moxie match. Um. What else? There's something else advertised for Dynamite. I can't remember what it was. It can't be that important. I guess. Um. Can't remember. Anyway. Uh, oh well, Wardlow, Wardlow, Jericho is the other thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we mentioned there in passing, Bray is gone. Um, did we talk about that last week? We did, didn't we? we did. Yeah, we did. Because it was last Saturday. Got me. Okay, never mind. Uh, there was a bunch of NXT cuts, some of which were like Bronson Reed was like a champion like three weeks ago. There. Um, Seemed like he was being called up to the main roster. Yeah. He was actually being called up to the old immigration office, yeah. it turns out. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a New Zealand fella, so I, I, I don't know. And again, it's kind of like, listen, AEW has to sign people because they've got a third hour coming and blah, blah, blah. But I don't I don't think they need literally everyone. Um, no. I think they need some big boys, though. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if I was AEW if I would sign Bronson Reed right this second, but I don't know. Like, they need a big fella. I think they need some big well, boys. Well, he's, he's better than the... the bear boys whatever they're called like that <laughs> oh, kind yeah, of big, yeah. big lad you know he's a big lad who looks like a, a bit of a star rather than two two porky chaps off the indies off the indies yeah yeah um so yeah feel bad the, the, thing, the thing about all these releases is kind of like if they're getting back to the old mindset of things which is not signing literally everyone um historically you can also leave and come back later if you're like I remember when Jake Atlas was on the Indies, he was very on the record. Like, I want to go to WWE. He wasn't like, I want to, I want to be the best of the super juniors. He was like, I want to go to WWE. It's like, hey, yeah, you still can in five years. You can still go back. Um, so, in- yeah. interesting list of names, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely sucks for the way that their developmental has always been structured, which is, you know, go to this one location. Fair enough, it's Florida now rather than Louisville. Or wherever Deep South was, um, but it sucks for people who relocate and then within a few months are given the heave ho, you know. Especially those who are dependent on visas and the like. Um, yeah, and I, I wonder if the the better way would just be to be have some kind of agreement with people, maybe for less money, have them on like kind of a retainer if they're interested in signing them, and have them continue to do the indies, and then. That's where they get their development, and then call and then call them up to to NXT with a smaller roster. Mm. Like, I don't know. It definitely seems like the 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 wheels are kind of coming off the train, 
uh, WWE wide, like the the way their business model has shifted so drastically is very concerning in terms of what we as even what we as fans, quote unquote fans of WWE. Obviously, the three of us aren't necessarily in that bracket anymore, but you know, fans um, getting attached to certain acts and and that in the past. Build, leading to what you know, building stars and stars being the the kind of the coal that fueled the train. It doesn't seem like that's necessarily their business model anymore. And to be fair, it hasn't for a while. It's always been WWE. The brand is what they sell. But it seems like now more so than ever, the stars are of very little importance. And it's like, well, if Braun Strowman is costing us X amount of money, and we we pay Baron Corbin half that, if if the ratings and the 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 income doesn't sufficiently change why are we paying Strowman that much money in the first place you know and so it's a very a very different mindset they have now and I'm not sure if it's it's one that necessarily benefits the viewer yeah agreed um yeah so the times they are a changing as mm. I once said on this podcast um, quote the great Barry Murphy so uh yeah uh that is that busy week ahead obviously two AEW shows and then we are in the week where it all changes supposedly mm. uh, I'd love it if it did if it, like honestly <laughs> it is going to be the most newsworthy week in rest modern wrestling history one way or the other uh yeah. oh my god i actually just i didn't even i've never actually stopped to think about how funny it would be if cm punk did not show up <laughs> at that show <laughs> it would be so goddamn funny and and um like <laughs> i don't even know what they would do to, to as a make good they have no, but like it was it was a drone out <laughs> to wrestle peter avalon <laughs> Uh, I would love if instead of Punk's debut, right, Malachi Black has beaten up Peter Avalon for, you know, we'll use him for all intents purposes. Lights go out and the fans, oh, here we go. Here we go. And it's Cody instead. (laughs) (laughs) He's back. Adrenaline. That's right, folks. Tony Khan has regotten the rights to that song. Don't you worry. You, we, he saw all your tweets, but make sure you get the entrance music. <laughs> or he, he could come out to the <laughs> living color just for the pop. You could, you could come out to... Uh, Whoa! <laughs> if you want to oh. nostalgia, folks, there you go. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so next week will be, will be quite the thing. But before that, yeah. we will be back this coming Sunday talking about the first ever edition of Rampage and whatever else happens in the weird world of wrestling. So, uh, with all that said, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, we will be back uh, later this week. Uh, Chairshot Pod on Twitter and ChairshotPodcast.com if you want to send us an email such as Scott did this week. Uh, so, it's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. Yeah,